Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Gold Gold Central. The world is listening. to the whole Andy show. Your dedicated home for all things indie in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. When I say, I mean what I mean, I say, and they become anthems. I told you, if you let me out of my cage, I'm going to pile of bodies to the sky. They just gave me a live mic on pay-per-view. If you all don't mind, I'd like to get a few things off my chest. My name is Kevin Steen. And fuck Ring of Honor! Fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. With your hosts, Ashley is my name. You ripped out my heart! You took everything I believed in and you flushed it down the damn toilet. You flushed my heart. You flushed my soul. And now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake. And the Sun City Savior, Randy McWilliams. There are so many amendments in the Constitution <laughs> of the United States of America. But I plead, fifth, uh, one, two, three, four, fifth. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Whole Indie Show here on the SNS Radio Network. Ashley here once again to guide you through everything that's going on in the world of the indies and apparently my worries about uh, being bunked off in the past week uh, were only just my fears so thank you Condorcet Security for not killing me I hope I get a uh, I hope I still get a I don't know what word I'm looking for I hope we get to stay around here for a lot longer. 
And don't you just get randomly cut off at some point. Oh, no. But uh, joining me as well this week, I think we've been trying to get Randy on, but due to internet problems, we haven't been able to, so hopefully we can get that sorted for next week. But Sandra is here with me, so how's, how's your week been, Sandra? It's actually been pretty good. I did see the new Man of Steel movie, which I must say, I thought it was a, it was a pretty damn good Superman movie. Definitely better than that that last one. Although I don't understand certain people's reactions to this one. I heard mixed reactions, but, you know, to each his own. Uh, I managed to get tickets for the upcoming Dragon Gate show in Manhattan, the, the Sunday show, so... Very excited for that. Very nice. Actually, I think we'll bring that up as the first story. In actual fact, yeah, Dragon Gate's shows have been announced for July 27th at the Queensboro Elks Lodge in Queens Boulevard, Elmhurst, New York. And then the afternoon show on the Sunday, July 28th, is at the Highline Ballroom on West 16th Street in New York, New York. So good they named it five million times. Probably. Uh, They haven't put matches up just yet, but they have put uh, talent that is going to be on the show, which features Johnny Gagano, the Young Bucks, uh, Chima, uh, AR Fox, Ricochet, Akira Tazara apparently with Trent Beretta. Uh, not tra- with Christina Modieri. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, Aita and Tomahawk TT. Tony Nice with Mr. A. And names I just added. Trent Beretta. Spoilers. Uh, Rich Swan. Chuck Taylor. John Davis. And the Super Smash Brothers. With more still to be added. But, oh, they have said as well that there will be a new rookie from Dragon Gate wrestling on the event. Which I think you commented on last week, didn't you? You think it's going to be one of the what? What was his name? The youngster that failed uh, in the Super Juniors. No, I, I never actually said his oh. name. But what I said um, recently, a, a new rookie had just debuted, uh, of course, from the Dragon Gate Dojo, and apparently he has quite a, a fan base in Japan already, which is rare. Japanese wrestling because usually when somebody debuts from their training school, they just look like your typical wrestler, you know, uh, bland, you know, your standard black boots, black tights, no noticeable difference, nothing that stands out. But this new rookie apparently has a following, and as I stated, he he actually had a big profile match against Uha Nation uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's possible it could be that that certain wrestler, but there's also another rookie. Uh, uh, he was training in Japan, but he's currently wrestling in Mexico. And I don't know much about that uh, specific wrestler, but it could be him as well. So time will tell in the upcoming weeks before the show. And I hope that... Um, a few more Japanese talent might show up as well. I'm hoping Masaki Mochizuki, one of my favorites, will hopefully he'll be booked for that weekend. Maybe Yamato as well, but you know, time will tell. Dragon Gate bookers, you better be listening. 
or more specifically, Gabe. <laughs> uh, now, we talked about this last week, but there has been a little bit of an update regarding it, and this is the Fighting Spirit Wrestling and the Amaro Productions situation. If you remember, there was a show that happened uh, last weekend. No. Two weekends ago, sorry. Fortnight ago. Where apparently some of the talent didn't get paid. And weren't happy about it, which is understandable because they didn't get paid. Uh, PW Insider had the, all the reports from that. They've now got an update uh, saying that at least some of the talents who weren't paid have now received money from Amaro Productions. From what you remember... Uh, if, if you do remember, sorry, uh, Fighting Spirit said that they paid all the talent that they booked him, and it was just the talent that Amaro Productions booked him that hadn't been paid. But uh, certainly for for those that have received the money now, it's good for them, and hopefully, obviously, the rest of them get paid have already been paid or get paid in the very near future. We don't want we don't want anybody not getting paid for their work because yeah. Slave labor and everything. She's never good. Mm-hmm. Now it was. Trying to have a quick look. There, there, I want to try and band that in towards the end of the mini news. Yeah, there's not a lot of news this week, which is interesting, guys. Quite a lot of wrestling results and wrestling uh, picks to do, so that's going to be busy. But one bit that did get announced there. Uh, Fighting Spirit Wrestling have announced that their next show on July the 19th, uh, they'll be having a tournament to crown their first tag team champions, and it will also be an iPay-per-view through uh, RF Video, which will be, it's going to be called, the show's called Only the Strong. It's an invitation-only tournament, uh... Having a quick look. So far listed, we've got EYFBO, which is Angel Ortiz and Mike Drastic. The Hit Squad, Monster Mac and Dan Math. Blackout of Black G's and Ruckus. Four Loco, Azrael and Bandido Jr. Joker and Whiplash. Well, that could be interesting. What with Blackout? If that's the same Joker, of course. Is it? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of old CCW, so I couldn't tell. Uh, maybe if uh, if Randy shows up later t- today, maybe he'll tell us. Okay. Uh, the SAT, Joel and Will Maxima. Uh, Fuerza Aria, the Laredo Kid and Aerostar. The Elite, comprising of Talon and Joe Etel. The Colony, Fire Ant and Soldier Ant. Uh, the Batiri, Kodama and Oberian. The Super Smash Brothers. Player Uno and Player Dos, and Colt Cabana and a mystery partner. Wouldn't it be awesome if it was Matt Classic? Yeah, that would uh, be awesome to see. Well, but uh, I gotta say, interesting lineup so far. Uh, of course, uh, one lineup was changed, and that is, of course, uh, the Fuerza Aérea. It was supposed to be. Uh, Laredo Kid and Hombre Sin Miedo, but now apparently they managed to book a current AAA luchador in Aerostar, and I gotta say, uh, they're pretty much uh, 
they sold me on that. If Aerostar's going to be here in Brooklyn, I'm going to try to go to that show. Nice. Uh, speaking of Fighting Spirit, Fighting Spirit Pro has also got some news coming in this week. They have announced that they will be having a new weekly series of iPay-per-view events entitled Fighting Spirit Pro Wednesday Warfare, which will be premiering on iPay-per-view starting September the 4th. Uh, it will showcase the top professional wrestlers from around the world to include top indie talent as well as talent from promotions such as PWG, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Shikara and more, as well as former WWE and TNA talent. Apparently the programming will be available at the extremely low cost of $7.95 an event or $20 for an entire month subscription with an option to purchase additional shows via video on demand or DVD as well. Fans will also, well, fans will be able to pre-order their iPay-per-views from now from uh, Fighting Spirit Pro's website. Which is, a, it's an interesting move. Could be seen as risky as well. Because if you're going to have a show weekly every Wednesday, it depends how whether people are going to be interested enough in order to actually, you know, keep putting the money down. Because obviously, seven ninety five a week? You know, you're coming into the... You're getting very similar to what TNA did, obviously, back when they started, when they had their weekly pay-per-views. So, seven ninety five for an event, $20 for a month. Obviously, with $20 for a month, that means you get uh, one of the shows for free. But I still think it's a bit hefty. Five dollars would be interesting, but I think eight dollars or even twenty for a month. Spread that over the whole year, and that's like about two hundred and forty dollars for you know a whole year. True, you may be seeing quite a lot of interesting talent, but I don't know how many of... Well, we'll have to see how it goes. When we get close to the time and see who's actually going to be on the event, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, your thoughts, Sandra? It seems like an interesting concept. Um, based on what they're saying in this press release, they're going to, I guess, show talent, I guess, what they say, from various promotions, although I'm not sure if it matches from those promotions, but it's somewhat interesting. Um, it, it is a low cost, like seven ninety five per event, 20 bucks for every month. Uh, uh, I guess it depends on what they're going to show. I say give it a try. See how it goes. See how it turns out. Yeah. I want to see who they sign up first before I really take... I don't think I'll be able to, money-wise, be able to actually make the plunge and watch every event. I'll just have to catch the results and we'll have to give you them a week and a half after they've happened. Brilliant. Why is everybody trying to screw it with our recording date? Seriously. Thank, thanks, thanks, Internet. Ah. Oh. Speaking of internet, though, let's get to one of the big stories. 
and we'll get to the results from this show later on. Oh boy. <laughs> but Triple Mania, the iPay-per-view, had a lot, a lot of issues. Which is unclear as to, well, it's a huge, it's not that clear as to what it is officially. It could be any number of reasons, but, uh, this is how it went down as it happened. The Ustream was on offline for basically most of the first hour that it was supposed to be on. Then it was live without even showing any sort of images or moving pictures or anything. AAA mentioned twice that there were problems and they were trying to f fix them. And then there'd be a press conference to explain it. But it wasn't obvious that that actually meant after the show. So on their Ustream, they basically put a message saying it's Ustream's fault, not ours. And there was no mentions of refunds or the actual press conference. Now, the interesting thing is this was done via their Twitter, and on the Ustream stream itself, it w nothing was there. Which is a bit... Uh, odd. No explanation of what would happen next was listed on Ustream. And they stopped updating on the situation on Twitter after the message was posted. Then Roberto Figueroa, who's got a business relationship with AAA, uh, posted something. I don't know whether... Can you translate? I think... Yeah. I think the translation is the show's going to re-air on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Which AAA have said, said nothing absolutely about. So basically, this whole iPay-Per-View thing went crap on them. Now, the stream went down and the whole social media communication about the stream going down wasn't there. As it says here on the uh, the Cubs fan blog, uh, they didn't acknowledge there was a problem until 15 to 20 minutes after the show started, didn't keep people updated. They did offer a remedy and made people wait for info for other sources to find out what went on. Plenty of other wrestling companies have used Ustream without this happening. I mean, big case in point will probably be... Uh, is it New, New Japan that use it, or do the other Japanese ones use Ustream, Sandra? Uh, the most notable company that uses it is New Japan. Uh, I know Dragon Gate recently aired their... Dead or Alive show, although that was already recorded in advance. Um, that's all the wrestling shows that does that uses Ustream at this point. But there was an update to this uh, situation uh, uh, involving Ustream. Of course, before this news came out, everybody said that uh, AAA is putting the blame on somebody else, that they're not you know, claiming the responsibility, which is very unprofessional, including myself, I also agree with that those statements. But then on Monday, which was a 24, 24 hours later, um, the owner of AAA, Maricela Peña, sent out a tweet which said that there was a Ustream technician at the show backstage. Uh, apparently he flew in from Germany uh, to make sure that everything was fine, but when the show happened and all the technical snafu started. Um, they tried to fix it, the, the Ustream technician, but uh, nothing that nothing worked out. And it seems that they were telling the truth, that this was Ustream's fault. 
Yeah, because so, certainly, from what I've heard, people actually in the venue still could get access to the internet. So it wasn't an internet problem. It was something that went over on... It was something that went wrong on Ustream's part. Yeah. So, you know, this is the first time that Ustream actually fucked up here. Which is a first, because usually New Japan doesn't have any issues, although... To be fair, when you're on the in the United States, it's you know evening in Japan, so maybe it's probably different because I don't think anybody in the states will actually wait like three or four o'clock in the morning unless they're like a diehard, I guess. Everybody was live streaming illegally the payback of pay per view probably on YouTube. <laughs> well, that's pretty much impossible nowadays. But anyways, oh, there's some they, idiots will still try. Well, anyways, back to the story. Uh, anyways, back to the story. Uh, AAA did make up to this whole incident. They did release the uh, AAA Triple Mania show on YouTube. It is online, and it is also on our Facebook page. Just look for it, and you'll find all four parts. Uh, I haven't seen the entire show. I only caught bits of the main event. Um, it looks interesting. I will say that. And don't worry, it's not behind a paywall like some stuff is on YouTube. It is for up there for free. Oh, I should also point out that um, Ustream did give out refunds. So everybody that ordered the show in advance or the day of, uh, you should get a refund. Yeah, if not, uh, go to their, like, um, just contact them and you should get a refund. But what I will say is this first iPay-per-view is and the way it was handled is kind of going to make people wait for the the you know the archived version when they do a net, another pay-per-view show yeah this this was a not a good night for AAA and if AAA wants to put up another pay-per-view a lot of people are going to be really skeptic to try to order it whether they use Ustream or not, they're still going to get skeptic if, you know, I don't know if I should order it, I might get screwed again. So, they got to make a decision. And, and it shows that depending on who, who the provider is, it, it just shows you that maybe iPay-Per-View isn't, like, the best idea. You know? Yeah. So, that's all the the news really uh, Sandra do you want to quickly before we jump to, jump to the results of the Triple Mania show I think you've got some possible news but certainly results from a couple of Dragon Gate shows that happened over the weekend uh, yes let me just quickly find it ok here we go uh, yes uh, Dragon Gate had their Champion Gate double header, a two night event in Fukuoka in Hakata Starter Lanes, a very famous uh, venue that they always use. And I'll just go, uh, you know, I'll just go through the, the entire show, match by match. Uh, night one of uh, Champion Gate, the uh, dark match, uh, Ryotsu Shimizu defeated Chihiro Tomonaga. Uh, the first match, uh, KZ, Mundai Ryu, and Uha Nation defeated the 
the Jimmy's team of Jimmy Susumu, Jimmy Kanda, and Mr. QQ Tanazaki Naoki Toyonaka Dolphin. Oh, uh, second... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you react that way. Uh, second match, uh, Don Fuji and Gamma defeated the team of Cyber Kong and Super Shenlong 3. Uh, next match, uh, the Jimmy's team of Genki Horiguchi, H.A. Jimmy, and Ryo Jimmy Saito defeated the team of uh, Masaki Mochizuki and Kanes. Next match was a six-man tag. Uh, Naruki Doi, Ricochet, and Rich Swan of World 1 International defeated the veteran team of uh, Shiba, Dragon Kid, and Kotoka. Semi-main event was for the Open the, the Brave Gate title as Masato Yoshino successfully defended his belt over Jimmy Kagetora. So that's his second title defense for Yoshino. And in the main event, it was for the Open the Twin Gate tag team titles as new champions were crowned as Akira Tozawa and BB Hulk defeated the then champions Yamato and Shingo Takaji. Which is interesting because in this match, uh, Yamato turned on Shingo Takaji and apparently he was tired of being the second, the, the, basically the lackey for Shingo. Pretty much looked as the second in command as Yamato wanted to be the leader. For... No, not really. He, he was just tired of being like, looked aside. He's tired of playing because... second fiddle, yeah. Yes. He wanted to take over the Akatsuki stable. So because of this, he's now joined Mad Blanky. Which is very interesting because now you have Akira Tozawa, BB Hulk, uh, Uha Nation, KZ, and Mudai Ryu. And now with Yamato, it's, it's very interesting to see how he's going to work with Mad Blanky. Um... There's been some rumblings that supposedly somebody might turn face. And it could be Tozawa. Although, I'm not sure if I want Tozawa as a babyface. Maybe it could work out. I know he's been great as a heel since he came back from the U.S. Uh, a couple of years ago. But it would be intriguing if uh, they decided to make Tozawa the babyface. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the night two of uh, Champion Gate, of course, in the Hakata Star Lane. Uh, the first match, uh, six-man tag as the newly Mad Blanky team of Yamato, BB Hulk, and Uha Nation defeated uh, Akatsuki of Shingo Takaji, Super Shenlong 3, and Chihiro Tomonaga. Uh, next match, uh, Cyber Kong and Ryotsu Shimizu defeated uh, the team of Naruki Doi and Rich Swan. Uh, Mundai Ryu defeated Don Fuji in a singles match. Uh, the Jimmy's team of Jimmy Kagitora and Mr. Kyuku Naoki Tanazaki Toyonaka Dolphin defeated the team of Masato Yoshino and Kotoka. Uh, next match, uh, Kiro Tozawa and Keizi defeated Dragon Kid and Gamma. Next match was a was for the Open the Triangle Gate titles, which is their trios titles, as new champions, as the Jimmy's team 
of Jimmy Kanda, Genki Oroguchi, H.A. Jimmy, and Ryo Jimmy Saito defeated the former champions of the the new they're reuniting M2K of Masaki Mochizuki, Kness, and Jimmy Susumu, which M2K failed in their first offense. Which is kind of interesting because Jimmy Susumu, of course, was with the Jimmys. And a couple of weeks ago, um, Saki Mochizuki decided to reform his old M2K stable. Which, of course, uh, Susumu and Kanis was a part of. And because of that, they won their the Triangle Gate titles. And Mochizuki wanted M2K to reform once again, even to the extent of asking uh, Jimmy Kanda who was a part of the original M2K, but of course uh, Kanda refused and wanted to stay with the Jimmys and wanted to move forward and not look back in the past. And of course, uh, Jimmy Susumu decided to be in the same mindset as Jimmy Kanda as he also wanted to move forward. And he pretty much somewhat, I guess, left during the match. I know he wasn't uh, too thrilled with this new M2K reformation, so he decided to let the Jimmys get the titles. So he had no issues with that. Uh, in the main event, it was for the Open the Dreamgate title as Shima, successful once again, defeating the King of Gate uh, winner, Ricochet, in 26, 26 minutes. And this is his 15th title defense for Shima. And so far, only one match has been confirmed for their anniversary show in July 21st. Uh, It's going to be a one-on-one match between Yamato and Masaki Mochizuki. Uh, So far, there, there isn't a challenger for Shima's title, but there are they're all going to be holding a number one contender match on June 23rd in Osaka. It's going to be a Shima Royale or a Battle Royal. So far, there's no participants in the match. However, they'll, they'll be announced the day of the show. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the challenger for Shima. So keep an eye on the Facebook page for that. I'm guessing if it's a Sunday show in Japan, it'll be like Saturday, well, Saturday night, Sunday morning for America. Mm-hmm. Roughly. So keep an eye on our page, you know, around then, if not Sunday, to find out who's in there and who's going to be taking on Jima for the uh, right to take him on at the anniversary show. Yeah. I have trouble saying it. Put him. I I still think it could be Shingo because when when Dragon Gate was formed and they split from Ultimo Dragon and Toriyaman, uh Shingo was like the first graduate out of the dojo when they split. And of course Shima trained Shingo, so there's a lot of history there, so my money is gonna be Shingo against Shima. That's what I think it could happen, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll definitely see. So now we move on to 
results from last week and we got quite a few so we'll try and get through these as quick as possible first off triple a's triple mania show uh started off with dynastia el el guido fabi apache and pimpinella escalata beating mamba mini abismo negro silver king and tire valkyrie then in the number one contenders match for the heavyweight title heavy metal beat chessman then in the third match, which is the five-way for the vacant tag titles, first off, Mr. E and Sexy B eliminated Angelico and Jack Evans. Then Drago and Phoenix eliminated um, Mr. E and Sexy B. Then Crazy Boy and Joe Leader beat the Peros del Mal. Which, uh, that's Dargo and Psychosis, isn't it? Yep. And then, in the end, Crazy Boy gave Drago a pole driver to eliminate Drago and Phoenix, so Crazy Boy and Joe Leader are the 11th tag team champions. Apparently, Vampira presented with the belts, which brought out Conan, so it seems to be teasing Conan versus Vampira. Only on WCW Thunder. Um. Next, saw Jeff Jarrett, Matt Morgan, and Monster Pain successfully beat Monster Clown, Murder Clown, Psycho Clown. Although it is interesting to note that Jarrett won it for his team, but Karen Jarrett and Maricela feuded at ringside. So it seems to be, uh, it seems to be that there's also trouble at the top of AAA as well as to who wants I, to be in charge or something. Oh god, I I really don't want to see that. Why are they putting... Except Karen Jarrett in another wrestling match. Well, I don't want to see her. She's not a wrestler. This is ridiculous. I'm pretty, <laughs> sure, this is, I'm pretty sure this is Conan's booking. I, ho- I hope this thing doesn't continue on. Next, we saw uh, Texano Jr. beat Heavy Metal to retain the uh, AAA heavyweight title. Then, for the vacant uh, LA title... The Latin American title. Yeah, the Latin American one. Blue Demon Jr. beat El Macias. Uh, Hugo Savinovich was in Macias's corner. Uh, and Axel was with Demon. That isn't Curtis Axel, by the way. No. Uh, the interesting thing is it was a clean match. Nobody turned heel, nobody turned face. It was... When, when they were both faces, nobody turned heel. There was no backhandedness or anything so the crowd didn't like it apparently uh, then as it, as the match finished apparently LA Park made a surprise appearance and announced that he was leaving AAA despite the fact that we've already known he's been gone for about a month gave Blue Demon the title and then they all hugged afterwards so Conan just tried to book a Triple H versus Undertaker and have them all embrace at the end with Shawn Michaels, of sorts. Next, saw the AAA team of Dr. Wagner Jr., Electroshock, La Palca, and Octagon beat Kanek and Mascara Anno 2000, Universal 2000, and Villano the Fourth. Apparently, the UFC guy, Goito Perez, wasn't there. 
Now, the reason he gave is that he wasn't able to make it there for travel reasons. Octagon mentioned on his Twitter that it was apparently because he suffered a knee injury. Which is interesting report 90 minutes before the show starts. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know. Something must have happened. Maybe Dana White got a wind of this and told him, no, you can't go. <laughs> I don't know. And from the way it's been reported here, what it was, uh, Dorian Roldan, who's supposed to be... Is he supposed to be the guy in charge? Uh, he's the guy with Conan. Yeah. He was with the Legends and was interfering, although it wasn't clear they wanted his help. It seemed to be that what they were looking for was actually uh, Goito Perez to actually interfere in the match and you know sort out Dorian, but obviously because Perez wasn't there, they tried to cover it up and did so in probably not a great way. Yeah. And then the main event, the hair versus hair match, El Hejo de Perro Aguero beat Cibernetica. There was lots of interference, lots of blood. Uh, El Hio won and dedicated the win to Hector Garza and his family. And apparently Hector Garza was also honoured before the match actually started itself. And Cibernetico was actually shaved damn clean. Just something you what? don't always get in hair versus hair matches. Yeah, the funny thing is, um, uh, I saw the ending of the match, and after uh, they shaved his head and everything, well, actually, before they started to shave his head, uh, a fan came in and decided that he didn't want Cibernetico to get his head shaved, so the fan wanted to put it, he wanted his hair to get shaved instead of Cibernetico, which, wow. uh, <laughs> which was funny, but after that, um, the fan still wanted to get his head shaved regardless, so... They shaved his head, and, you know, he hugged Cibernetico, like, oh, I did this for you, you know, whatever. Oh, kind of funny. <laughs> oh, also, I want to mention, um, during the show, they they made an announcement that they they inducted uh, the late Abismo Negro in the AAA Hall of Fame during the show. So that was okay. nice of them to do in the last minute. And that was real cool for, cool for them to do. Uh, of course... Um, Abismo's uh, family was there uh, in the entranceway, as well as uh, many Abismo Negro uh, accepting the plaque that they give. The midget. <laughs> Yay. That's brilliant. Uh, so, <laughs> next up, uh, IWA Mid-South had a show. I won't go through all the results, but some of the results probably are worth mentioning. Apparently, the opening match saw a surprise appearance from Drake Younger, who successfully beat Trick Davis. And apparently will defend his TPI crown in uh, September. I guess IWA's next show or whatever. Reed Bentley beat Zach Gowan. Then, uh, just having a quick look through... Just looking for names that I recognise. Ian Rotten announces that Mark Wolf and Harry Palmer will be taking on Suicide Kid and Dustin Rhodes on the show that they've got coming in July. Uh, Devon Moore beat Jimmy Jacobs in a non-title match. And they set up basically, well, it looks like they set up a tag team match for Ree Bentley and 
Don't know who the Trick Davis to take on Zach Gowan and Jimmy Jacobs. And then the Rotten Brothers, Ian and Axel, beat Peter B. Beautiful and Simon Says. Apparently Simon Says and Ian Rotten will be in a barbed wire match in July as well. And the main event will Sabu beat BJ Whitmer. Please tell me your table didn't break. I don't know. Next up, we've got results from the Beyond Wrestling show, uh, We Care A Lot, which was the name your own price for the ticket. Started off with the announcement that Chris Dickinson wasn't able to attend the show, so Eddie Edwards was replaced for him. And then he faced Biff Busick in the opening match that apparently went for nearly half an hour. Dear Lord, that's a hell of an opener. <laughs> uh, next saw Pinky, Pinky Sanchez successfully defend his King of Crazy Championship against Johnny Cockstrong. Uh, the wrestling crew successfully defended the top rope promotion tag team titles over Mike Sherman and Gregory Edwards. Anthony Stone and Eric Corvis were stopped due to an apparent injury to Eric Corvis. JT Dunn beat Yaka. And then the KOA of Sugar Dunkerton and Aaron Epic beat Dan Berry and Bill Carr. The show that happened beforehand isn't listed. The results. that I, I don't have the results with me, so should I say. But d- trust me, it, the thing did happen. Next up, uh, CWF Mid-Atlantic's Absolute Justice I pay-per-view, which started off with... Uh, apparently Hurricane Helms was actually on commentary. It's pretty sweet. Started off with a six-man tag... With the winner of the pinfall getting a spot in the Weaver Cup tournament. It actually... Uh, the Killbillies and Lee Valiant beat the Black Watch. But it was actually Valiant and Andrews pinning Go Black off the Black Watch. Uh, the commissioner, Corey Edsel, came out and, sin- and saying that since the tournament field isn't set, due to the both of them pinning it, he'll go by what happened. And because both got the pin... Both are going to get a spot in the tournament. Next, all Biggie Smooth, which is Aaron Briggs, Aaron Biggs, and Chris Show Smooth Lee beat Mecca Mercenary and Cecil Scott. Uh, then Serena Deeb beat Amber O'Neill with feet on the rope, so Serena Deeb's going heel. Ooh, dear. Then we had the no disqualification tag match. Now, prior to the match, Donnie Dollars was going to go on his own, but apparently Commissioner Corey Edsel appointed himself as Donnie's partner and made the match no DQ, which eventually saw Richardson, Nick Richards and Jason Miller sorry, beat Donnie Dollars and Corey Edsel after Richards and Miller both pinned Edsel after handcuffing Dollars to the ring post and hitting a cutter followed by a DDT on a chair. Wow. Uh, TV title match saw Matty De Niro successfully defend his title. Against, oh, I can't remember who. Off the top of my head. Uh, then the Everything to Lose 4-Way tag. It was the the dynasty of Rick Converse and X-Series winning. And beating the uh, All-Stars, Mid-Atlantic Outlaws, the Aftermath. Yeah, the All-Stars, the Mid-Atlantic Outlaws and the Aftermath. When Converse pinned Eaton with the Rick to scale. So, uh, because of that, they, you know, the, the stipulation was if they lost, they'd never team under any sort of name whatsoever. 
I'm trying to think. Is uh, is um, Eaton as is Eaton part of the All Stars? I can't remember. I'm not entirely up on that. Don't recall. Okay, uh, but apparently afterwards they celebrated their rebirth with uh, HD Steve Green and the All or Nothing Grudge match. Andrew Everett Cross, formerly Cheever Kid, beat Trevor Lee. So, therefore, Everett Cross wins back his Cheever mask. So, does that mean he becomes Cheever Kid again, or... I don't know. Yeah, probably not. That doesn't... I don't know what... That doesn't make a whole lot of sense on paper, anyway. And in the main event, Eric Grohl um, retained in a what's said to be a wild and brutal fight of a challenger, Rain Dawson, in a no-rule street fight. Apparently the logo was ripped down, split in half, a microwave was used, speakers, chairs. And in the end, Zane Dawson grabbed Shane Helms' PWI title from the announce table to use as a weapon. Helms tried to retrieve it and was pushed off the apron by Dawson. Then Helms then tripped uh, Zane Dawson up and Royal hit the Cobain kick with a chair to get the win. So shenanigans afoot there, definitely. Uh, next up is the International Wrestling Cartel Super Indy 12. Uh, the first round saw Facade beat Jimmy Rave, Extreme Tiger beat Bobby Fish, Gory beat Carl Matthews, and ACH beating Shane Strickland. But before ACH and Shane Strickland had their match, they did have a dance-off. <laughs> Hashtag awesome. Uh, and then, I guess in the second round of sorts, Mr. 450 beat Corey Hollis, HD Cannon, and Mike Rain in the last chance qualifier. So he goes through to the semis to take on Tony Nice. In that semi final, Tony Nice won. In the other two semi finals, Facade beat Extreme Tiger and Gory beat ACH. <laughs> then, in a non tournament match, Dalton Castle and Logan Shulo beat Team Big League. Which, uh, that means that Dalton Castle gets a future title shot. I think he got the uh, pinfall. And then in the finals, in the triple threat between Gory Vassard and Tony Nice, Gory gets disqualified first after accidentally spitting mist into the referee's eyes. So it's down to Nice and Vassard. And then uh, Vassard beats Tony Nice, so a bit of an upset. To win Super Indy 12 and is the new Super Indy champion. Bit of surprise in that result, but uh, hopefully Facade's doing well in that yeah. promotion, particularly. Next up, because uh, I'm feeling a little bit left out, let's go to the UK <laughs> for Revolution Pro Show. Which, if you did see uh, Colt Cabana's YouTube thing, he was in. But we'll get to him. Uh, event started off with Mark Hatton's beating El Ligero. Then the RPW British tag team titles were won, actually, by the Swords of Essex, Paul Robinson and Will Ospreay, defeating the previous champs, Project Ego, comprising of Chris Travis and Martin Kirby. Next saw Doug Williams beat Hiromu Takahashi. Marty Scroll beat MK McKinnon. Then Andy Boy Sim 
Andy Boy Simmons and Rampage Brown beat Dave Mastiff and Davey Boy Smith Jr. Then the RPW British heavyweight title saw Colt Cabana successfully defend his uh, title against Shay Samuels, or Shah Samuels, sorry. And then the main event for the British Cruiserweight title, Prince Devitt successfully defended against Jushin Thunder Liger. And they've announced that they will be having their show in October in Bethnal Green in London. With uh, Bret Hart apparently is going to be there and also set to be in action, Hiro- Hiroshi Tanahashi. Which is not a bad uh, deal there. Uh, PWG next, and the uh, Is Your Body Ready? Which probably means we're not ready. Started off with the Unbreakable Fucking Machines beating the Rock Nest Monsters. Apparently there was... Rick Knox was on commentary with Excalibur for that match. Then Kyle O'Reilly beat Davey Richards via cross armbar with Sammy Callahan on commentary. And there was a post-match promo. Mm. Then the Dojo Bros, Eddie Edwards and Roderick Strong beat Fist, well, Gagano and Taylor anyway, for an orange crush backbreaker on Gagano by Roderick Strong. But all after the match, all four men hugged. Then Drake Younger beat Kevin Steen via backslide after shenanigans. Chuck Taylor on commentary. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> At one point, Drake dove off the stage apparently and Steen caught him and powerbombed him on the stage. Rick Knox got knocked out, and then Steen hit the package pole driver on Younger, but Cole came out and hit Steen with the belt. And then Cole tried hitting Drake with the belt, but Drake ducked and hit Drake's landing on Adam Cole, so... You got some momentum there. Uh, Then, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, beat AR Fox and Samurai Del Sol, after hitting them all bang for your buck on Del Sol. So, a nice... If it is to be his last match for PWG, and not, you know, he did go out on his back, but Samurai Del Sol probably still had a very good showing. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to see this. Uh, they announced that their next show will be on Friday, August the 9th, and they may also be having shows across the August weekend, which or the, the end of August, shall I say, over the weekend, which probably hints that could be, a considering it's two days back-to-back, that normally is Battle of Los Angeles time. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we finish with the 60-minute Iron Man match, which eventually does see the PWG title put on the line. Kevin Steen's on commentary, obviously, because it's Kevin Steen. Cole apparently went 3-0 up early on due to a low-blow roll-up, which the ref didn't see a small package and a brain buster onto Cole's knees. Then Cole tapped to a stretch muffler and a cross face to make it 3-2 to Sammy. Or 3-2 for Sammy, should I say. So he brought it back. Then later on at the... Po- well, there were so many elimination, It got complicated, but it eventually got to 5-all at, at one point, And then Cole took the lead via a sunset flip 6-5 and then managed to survive the stretch muffler as time ran out. And then... Uh... Thank you, Sammy Chance started after the match. And then uh, Adam Cole beat Sammy Callahan down after the match. Steen came out to save him and hug Callahan. 
loads of guys came out from the back. And it's worth noting, uh, Kevin Steen said, give my thanks to Sami Zayn. <laughs> Ole, indeed. A uh, couple of other interesting things going down. First up, interspecies wrestling. <laughs> which is kind of seems to be a mix between Shikara, Kaiju, and I don't know what. First match saw uh, Yaka beat El Heo de Bamboo. Apparently, the, in a match that surrounded a banana, centered around a banana. Don't ask me. And that somebody was watching the match, perhaps trying to capture a new animal. I don't know what that is. Uh. Matthew St. Jack beat Dan Barry, which apparently has implications for Burger King of the Ring 2. God almighty. <laughs> this makes Kaiju look normal. That's why it's saying something. Uh, Amasis was challenged to come out to face only the Leopard King. Did so, but uh, lost. Giant Tiger beat Leon St. Giovanni, Craigslist Homo, and Jay Rukin. Yeah, Craigslist Homo apparently is a restaurant species. I don't know. Uh, then the Food Fighters beat Dirty Shit. In a yeah, the back there's a tag team as well called Dirty Shit. <laughs> I don't know. Don't what, ask me. I don't know what's worse. It, it Dirty Shit's the worst name or the the Jollyville Fuck It. I don't know what's the worst name. No, I think it's that dolphin in in Dragon Gate. <laughs> um, then interestingly, Pinky Sanchez put his King of Crazy title on the line and lost to Addy Starr. So, I guess we've now got a Queen of Crazy. Apparently so. Interesting there. It's worth noting that Pinky had the most title defences of any ISW title holder in history. And it obviously will be some sort, of, some sort of thing to do with the rematch. But apparently Addy Starr has an unfinished score to settle with Frankie Arian. Uh, Kitsune beat Michael Von Payton and the main event Izzy Dediet oh god beat Matt Tremont to retain the ISW championship which saw a table smashed and a surprise appearance by Lego apparently Izzy won with a shining wizard to Tremont whose mouth was full of Lego so apparently the boogeyman's lost it and he just thinks the worms are pieces of Lego. I don't know. Yeah, they... And finally... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, they they use the Lego uh, puzzle... Uh, well, not the puzzle, the pieces, the Lego pieces as weapons in interspecies wrestling as their, like, death matches. Okay. Who needs thumbtacks when you can have Lego? Yeah. <laughs> Probably leave more marks as well. All those studs. Anyway, uh, finally, quintessential pro wrestling show to crown their champion. First round saw Brian Cage beat Ray Rojas, Eddie Edwards beat TJ Perkins, Adam Fornstow beat Joey Ryan, and Kevin Steen beat B Boy. Then, in non tournament action, Chili Melissa beat Candice LeRae. Then, in the semi finals, Brian Cage beat Eddie Edwards. And Adam Fornstow beat Kevin Steen. Interesting big, result there. Big upset. Yes. Then, again in non-tournament action, the Young Bucks beat the Rock Nest Monsters. 
And then the main event, another upset, arguably, as Adam Fornstow beats Brian Cage to win and become the first ever quintessential pro wrestling champion. Shenanigans and all that. I yeah, don't know. So all of us were completely wrong as far as the tournament winner. but uh, I got it, Cage to the final. Yeah, but, you know, we all pick it wrong as far as the winner, but it is interesting to see that they decided to pick a, I guess, a local talent, you know, to be their first champion. So, interesting to see how that will turn as the time goes on. Especially for their next shows. Which I don't think they've given a date yet, but... No, not sure. Anyway, with that... Uh... We will be heading off for a break. So, hope you enjoyed these adverts. Uh, when we come back, we will be doing a review, or at least some of us in part and whatever, a review of the Wrestling is Fun show from the last week in May, I believe. It pretty much, well, I think it was pretty much the last week in May. It Certainly, it was... Um, the last major thing that's happened before Shikara died. And considering this is apparently the way forward that Shikara wants to go, you might as well get a taste of what it's like. It's kind of like Shikara, just with less people. And that's probably not a good thing. But anyway, I'll give my thoughts on that and everything when we come back. Hopefully we may be able to get Randy on as well, so... With that, we'll see you in a few minutes for more of a whole indie show here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling dash online dot com. What is up, my SNS peeps? I am the sensational sequel, Sean. And Ashley too. Yes, it's still my name. I haven't changed it yet. We have this really cool show on the SNS Radio Network. It's called The Open Book. We cover wrestling. We also cover all the biggest gaming news and game reviews. Plus, we've got the latest from the world of film entertainment. This is The Open Book. 
catch us every week right here at the SNS Radio Network. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! SNS Unplugged has returned to the airwaves. You can check out the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, and of course, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as they discuss the happenings from Monday Night Raw, NXT, the latest news of the week, sponsored by our good friends over at Wrestling-Online.com. And then things get a little interesting as the topics could change from week to week, including topics such as the supernatural, conspiracy theories. Basically, whatever the hell these guys want to talk about, they're going to cover it every Tuesday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Unplugged is back, baby. Uncensored. Unbelievable. Unplugged. Sandro and joining us after a few technical difficulties during the first segment, the guy who's been labelled by one person from the SNS Radio Network Facebook page as the slim Biggie Langston. It is the Sun City Saviour, Randy McWilliams. Randy, how you doing? I might, maybe I should run with that, I don't know, start doing everything by fives now, something like that, but... I don't think I necessarily look like that now. I don't know if I would need to upload a recent picture of me to really prove or disprove his claim. Because the hair on the sides is grown a little more. So maybe not exactly like Biggie Langston, who happens to look like Carlton Banks, who happens to look like Kendrick Lamar, happens to look like <laughs> probably a few other 
celebrities or famous characters I can name off the top of my head that just happen to have that look. Or at least something with the hair, maybe not the body. Question is, do you have a chick called AJ and I only wish I could. Okay, so that comparison is finished right exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I so think we... it, it, it can be made possible. Maybe not that exact AJ, but I can rename somebody AJ. I don't know. Yeah, true. Uh, one thing I will say before we get into uh, any more, the song that we close the first segment with is dedicated to Tennessee Cowgirl. Because I hope she recognizes the music. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, next... Well, this segment is going to be solely about Wrestling is Fun and their Card Subject to Banana show from May the 25th, which... I guess now that Shikara's dead, this is going to be the closest thing you're going to get to Shikara. Practically every week. Which is a bit, as, as I've said before in previous shows, it's a bit of a risky move for Shikara to do. Because I know it's Shikara. I'm, I'm breaking keyfabe again for the umpteenth time. I'm just, you know. I want, I want indie wrestling to be good, not disjointed and confusing and everything. So... The show started off with the Batiri, O'Baron and Kodama taking on the Spectral Envoy, Frightman Hallowicked. It's interesting to note that Kobold and Ultramantis Black were both on commentary for this one. And I must say, this tag match was actually a good start to the event. Nice action between the two of them. Obviously, there was some nice bit as well where Batiri switched their people Batiri switched partners without the referee seeing and then later on as it looked like uh, Wicked wasn't going to reach the 10 count for getting up off the mat Frightmare just pulled him out and went in his place and Bryce was like I'm sure if it wasn't him but anyway the finish saw a headless horseman slash Ace Crusher, whatever you want to call it, but uh, certainly a good start. Now, Randy hasn't seen it, but you can give your opinion from what I've said anyway, or shall I let Sandro go first and then Randy give his thoughts on what he's, our reviews are? Um, this was a good opening match to start off with. Um, Obviously, I think the, the the entertaining thing about it was Cobalt in his commentary. It's pretty hilarious. Um, you know, it's your typical uh, Spectral Envoy, Pateri-style match. Um, nothing really um, different from their previous matches, but it was still good to open the show. Um, that's a, That sounds pretty encouraging there. I've read a little bit of a review from it. Heard about how it was Ultramantis Black and Cobalt on commentary during this match. Yeah. So it's a battle of the Spectra Envoy and the Batiri even in the commentary, even in the commentation station. Well, that did carry on throughout the rest of the night, but we'll get to that. And for what, uh, I, and for what I did read, this was pretty much the kind of basic Spectra Envoy Batiri affair, which for the most part has been pretty good. Uh-huh. I mean, he's not the stuff with 
want to get into Gazarni with that. <laughs> yes, he was in Jakar, for those of you who don't know. There's, well, uh, if, if you remember what happened at the King of Trios pre-show, you'll probably know why he's gone. Or the alleged <laughs> reason why he's gone. Which is a paperclip right there, for those that don't know. Paperclip! Now, uh, Although, in my opinion, I don't think it was his fault, but he did say the wrong thing at the completely wrong time. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, interesting match as Darkness Crabtree comes out to... Trying to remember. He comes out to... uh, I'm put a flight in a Garda Davida. I think it's... I think, yeah, I think that's interesting because, yeah, does that imply that, you know, he's Hannibal Lecter's best friend? Uh... But he took on Orbit Adventure Ant, who obviously came in in slow-mo with his uh, big helmet. Although it was worth noting before Orbit Adventure Ant came out, uh, Darkness Crabtree was apparently chatting up the uh, the old woman that attends quite a lot of the shows in Easton and was at the WrestleCon show as well. That, that dirty old man Darkness. My word. But then... Uh, Orbit Adventure Ant took the helmet off and then started doing Orbit Adventure Ant to pretty much everybody in the crowd. Meanwhile, Darkness Crabtree has stolen uh, stolen the helmet and has gone into the toilets and even goes to the camera two minutes, please. And then he comes out with a whole load of toilet roll in the helmet. And grabs the mic afterwards after Orbit Adventure Ant has seen the helmet and kind of thrown the toilet paper out of it and just says, some, I think it was that helmet is just like the Eisenhower administration. It's full of crap. <laughs> what? Oh, I know. But uh, then we even had a foot race between the two of which Darkness just tripped up. Um, Orbit Adventure Room. Then we also saw uh, after we also saw some sort of uh, weird craziness with Darkness Crabtree channeling uh, some Shawn Michaels and also some Rock for some bizarre reason. I don't know. It was fun, but I still don't know. And then the finish came with, uh, I, I think about 25 missed crossbows, crossbow, 25 missed clotheslines into back elbows. It was basically clothesline, miss, back elbow, miss, clothesline, miss, back elbow, and it went, kept going on and on and on until basically all but adventure and I think, would it be a, would it be a sent on? Sandro? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Sent on him for the win. And, uh... And then after the match was over, Darkness Crabtree, even though he lost, still hugged the old woman. This was just, like, a brilliant match. Mainly because it made no sense. Because, you know, you see stuff like that that makes no sense... And then you see stupid crap like Heath Slater beating the Great Carly that makes no sense. 
you know, there's, there's stupid and there's sensible stupid. And somehow that match was sensible stupid from wrestling as far. Whereas the WWE one was just complete stupid. Sandra? I thought this was a good comedy match. Um, I didn't get why Orbit Adventure, Adventure App was saying his name pretty much throughout the entire match. It, it got kind of annoying. Uh, I did I did remember one fan saying, do you think you're a Pokemon or something? <laughs> I thought it was pretty <laughs> hilarious when um, Crabtree took the helmet and took it to the bathroom and yeah. did God knows what. <laughs> I thought that was pretty hilarious, though. But uh, as I said, it was a good comedy match. I enjoyed it. And um, kind of interesting to see uh, Crabtree back. Maybe we'll see him. Here's the $64,000 question, Randy. Would you take a shit in Orbit Adventure Ant's helmet? Um, The things I don't like about Orbit Adventure Ant, that's probably one of the things I do like, that helmet. So I don't think I'd probably take a shit on the helmet. You you just like it because you put it on your head and you'd have your own rave. <laughs> I, I, I never thought about that, but that is a good option now. <laughs> but, um, oh no, this match seems pretty interesting. The one thing I, I can't stand, which is probably the reason why they're doing it, is the whole what Sandro's put out when they say their name <laughs> every second, <laughs> which gets annoying quickly. Which. I guess it's good heel heat. We're talking about how we don't like it. It's doing its job, so there's that. But that kind of gets annoying a little too much. Kind of gets the point every once in a while. But nonetheless, nothing really, nothing that really takes away from the match. It probably would, from what y'all said, or definitely in my opinion. So uh, to check that out when I yeah. Next up was match three, which uh, was the start of the Bacabella group, which Bacabella wasn't there, I believe. No, he wasn't. He wasn't there throughout the entire show, even though he was announced through the through Gavin, which is weird. Uh, it was Green Ant taking on Oleg the Usurper. Now, this is this is where I have to do something. If people are saying Randy is the slim Biggie Langston. Oleg the Usurper is the fat Gavin loudspeaker. <laughs> it's just lit, you know. He's he's chunkier, he's taller, uh, but he looks like Gavin loudspeaker. I don't get it. Well, there's a lot of people that kind of look like certain announcers or other figures in wrestling. I know, especially if you see Tag World Grand Prix or watch AEW, watch Zero Gravity, and you'll be hard. You'll you'll be lucky if you don't. Uh, it'll be hard to not hear a mention of, uh, uh, I think it's Brent Gaikia looking like Brian Alvarez. <laughs> I, forget, I think it's Gaikia is the one that, but yeah, why, when you watch the Zero Gravity match, especially in AAW, and you know, pre that there, Chikari brought it up out. He looks like Brian Alvarez from the uh, Figure Four Wrestling Observer newsletter. Yeah. So this match was a pretty good one. Uh, Superplex was definitely something that was worth mentioning because that was pretty impressive considering the size of Oleg. Uh, and then the managing to get... Is it called the Texas Cloverleaf for Green Ant or is it like the Green Cloverleaf or whatever? No, they just say Texas Cloverleaf. Okay. But he got that in for the win. 
And then... I don't know if, did he attack Greenant after the match? Oh no, he attacked a fan. Or one of the, one of the steward guys just pushed him down. And then went to his table with mead and, you know, bread and whatever. And mysteriously a banana was there. Yeah, that so was I hope, I hope he didn't eat that banana, because I'm guessing that could be the banana. Well, they could always replace a banana. I mean, look at what happened at the previous show, where supposedly Jacka ate the banana, and in this show, he has a banana. <laughs> yeah, true. But, Sandra, are your thoughts? Um, I thought this was a, a good match here, a uh, good back and forth between both guys. Uh, Oleg looked I thought he looked good in this match. Uh, probably he's improved better since the the last time I seen him was probably probably when they started showing those free shows last year. He looked he looked like he improved more. Uh, uh, Green Ant looked great as well. Uh, probably got a big win in this show. Looking forward to see how they're. Let's see if uh, Ole gets a bit of more victories in future shows. Randy, yeah, uh, your thoughts? Um, this should be interesting. From what I have seen from Oleg Dubuser, uh, can't even see it right. I don't know why. Oleg Dubuser, there we go. Um, very interesting figure. Has a very powerful forearm shot, and apparently it was was a hit on Green Ant as Green Ant got the Texas Cloverleaf for the win. So. Green Act continuing on a roll, and Oleg doing his thing, I guess. <laughs> so hard for me to comment on it without having seen it, so that's why the comments that seem very nonchalant yeah. for me at this moment. So, uh, next up we had the Devastation Corporation, which was Max Mashmaster, Blaster McMassive, and Flex Rumble Crunch. So, yeah, trio's action here. It's uh, them taking on. Jolly Roger, Shane Storm, and Lance Steele, but uh, interesting to note that pretty much as soon as Storm, Steele, and Roger came out, Devastation Corporation immediately attacked them. Although there was an interesting moment with uh, a Jolly Roger botch. He went up to do, I think it was a moonsault, off the uh, top, lost his balance and fell down a bit, then did manage to hit her. And then they actually got in the ring and the match actually started. But uh, this is a decent little match. Definitely uh, worth mentioning that Jolly Roger might be dead. Because he basically got triple teamed of sorts. Because Flex did his finisher. Blaster did his. And then the, uh, the big splash from Max Rumble Crunch finished him off. But it is worth noting when they went out, there was a giant lump on Max Mashmaster's head. Yeah. I don't That's know where he got it from, but wow, it was big. Yeah, he had a pretty bad, uh, big... It's not that big, it's just like a... You could pretty much see the bump that he had on the side of uh, Master's head. Not sure where that came from, but... Um, I thought this match was a, another good match. Uh, I enjoyed the, all the brawling that they started. Uh, th- this was before the match even officially started. 
good to see Shane Storm, although I think he could lose a bit more weight. I don't know. Um, Jolly Roger, um, I think he looked good up until you know he slipped, but he somewhat improved it after that. But uh, looks like he's shaking off that ring rust that he's been having over the last couple of years. And of course, Devastation Corporation. I mean, man, they look like a a force in the match, pretty much dominating throughout the match. And we'll see what happens in the next couple of shows with this group. Randy? Um, sounds interesting there. We've seen what this trio of the Devastation, the Devastation Corporation trio can do. Apparently, they're really going full on with the demolition stuff. I think I already brought that joke up before about them being demolition. But it probably will never get old. I'm surprised nobody's brought that again to say that they're demolition, especially with how Bacabella is. With how Bacabella is. But regardless, um, seems interesting there. I'd pretty much imagine Devastation Corporation beat the shit out of Shane Storm and Night Eye for the pirate guy. But, um... Uh, we'll see what happens there, and probably hopefully we see more call, uh, Colony Devastation Corporation after what occurred at Anniversario. Mm, definitely. Uh, next up, we saw Ophidian versus Blind Rage. So again, Spectral Envoy versus uh, Batiri. Which this is a good match as well between the two. Uh, it did get interesting towards the end where basically Ophidian tried to flee and ran into Ultramantis Black and what I think was a, a pole for a netball net. Because I swear it was about five meters long. Well, that's, that's over-exaggerating. I think it was at least two to, two to three meters long, the pole. Mm-hmm. And then he got in. He got in and... Uh, while the referee, you know, f- thinking the referee was distracted, tried to, d- well, did the the mist spray, I guess the the poison spray, I guess they call it, isn't that, because he's, because he's a cobra and everything. Is it, is it poison mist or something? It's kind of like Muta or whatever, but the referee saw it causing a DQ, so blind rage wins, and, uh, Aphidian pretty much just disappearing through the uh, back entrance or whatever. He didn't go through where the the guys came out for the match, certainly. But still, it was a pretty good match actually until the uh, until the DQ finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I thought this was a decent match. I didn't think it was a good match. Um, Obviously, that's probably because Blind Rage is still shaking off that ring rust after being out for quite some time, even though he's had a few matches here and there. Uh, I thought it could have been better, but uh, they did what they can to to work the match. Um, Hopefully, um, we'll see Blind Rage in more future shows. Uh, It doesn't matter if it's like wrestling is brand or elsewhere. Hopefully he'll get better as time goes on. 
This one's going to be interesting to me. I'm a person who really does like Blind Rage from what I have seen of him from his early, uh, from his stint back in the olden days of Chikara, so to say. So he was in the first match in Chikara's history taking on Hollow Wicked, which I bring up that fact also because this show was done 11 years to the day of the first ever Chikara show. And I believe they were in Allentown, too, when they did it. So pretty much the same venue and as they were 11 years ago. And, of course, the main event for that show being um, the Black T-Shirt Squad, uh, Mike Quackenbush, Reckless Youth, and Don Montoya taking on the Gold Bond Mafia. And I'm pretty sure you might know who these three guys are. It just happened to be some guys named Chris Hero, Cole Caban, and CM Punk. No, those names don't bring a bell. Sorry, I don't know. Well, one tended to do a lot in Chikara. The other's done a little more, and the other just showed up for one match, then no-showed, and then they made a funny gimmick about him, about a squirrel and all that. Oh, no! I I know who you mean now. Well, I'm pretty much been talking about the same people. Paperclip. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't need a paperclip, because, yeah. Look it up, Chris Hero. Actually, oh, well, yeah, two of them had beef with Quacken, but <laughs> no, it's, it's, I forgot about Hero. Quacken. Chris Hero is, oh no, Mark Henry is, oh yeah. <laughs> you ain't gonna retire now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, next up, Cobalt came out. So people were thinking, okay, probably gonna be another Spectral Envoy thing, considering they've been doing that throughout the night. And all of a sudden, the final countdown hits. And somebody says it's Sarah Del Rey. Which is... Well, which, yeah. she did use it too, but there's somebody else who's well known. Well more known for using it. That's like that's like if you hear Olay and you think CM Punk, even though he was the first one to use it before the person most famous for using it. Yeah. And of course, the most famous person for using the Final Countdown is, of course, Dragon Dragon. <laughs> Dragon Dragon is uh, back. No, it's the last American hero. Dragon Dragon's the last American hero? Damn it. Captain America's poor. Well... Um, I think that might be a paperclip for you. Some people might get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I left it. I left it there for you to do the paperclip mention. <laughs> um, but yeah, Cobalt versus Dragon Dragon. Who, by the look, if you've seen like the video of him in previous times, uh, let's just say his head was definitely more affixed to his body this time uh, even before it started though Kobold attacked Dragon Dragon with a plunger which seemed to hurt it at first and then did nothing and then it turned out Dragon Dragon was a Hulk Hogan fan because he did the you it's like oh my god uh, he, obviously he saw the tail whip and everything and the dragon whip <laughs> The, he his foot was pulled off, <laughs> knowing that apparently Dragon Dragon has a human foot that has a sock on it. It's interesting to know. But uh, also, I think it was the it was 
Oh, I don't know. It's, a, it's not a lion tamer, was it? It was a Walls of Jericho Boston crab style, but I guess you could call it a, a Boston dragon or something. Kobold nearly had him done, and the crowd was going, please don't tap. And uh, he managed to get to the ropes. And he kept trying to attack the tail kobold, but managed to uh, get out of it in the end. And uh, Dragon Dragon actually got the win with a Dragon Sleeper. Uh, for this one, just because it's the return of Dragon Dragon, this gets an absolute hell yeah. I don't <laughs> even care about the match. It's Dragon Dragon. Yeah. Now, now I want to see Dragon Dragon versus Barney and Kaiju. Seriously. Make it happen, Sandra. Oh, well, I'm not the booker, so... <laughs> then again, who's the, who's the guy from the... Oh, who's that purple one that they showed? For what? On the trailers for Kaiju. Oh, Kaiju? P-Lander. The purple... The purp, from P-Lander TV, or whatever it was. It, was like, it looked like a purple dinosaur or something. P-Lander TV or P-Lander Z? P Lander Z, that was it. It was oh, PTV. It was PTV though. Hmm. It was on their channel where I saw it. Well, uh, anyways, um, I enjoyed the match myself because the return of Dragon Dragon. The only thing that was missing was Eddie Kingston on on commentary losing his shit while Dragon Dragon is in the ring. And there's a paperclip right there for you if you know Chikara. <laughs> Um, Somebody's gonna get fired. <laughs> I I enjoyed the match as I said. I thought it was pretty hilarious. Um, maybe this could be a permanent return for Dragon Dragon. I'm not sure, but we'll find out. Oh my god! Please, oh no! Now, now I need to now I need to look something up. Or you keep giving your thoughts, Sandra. Or if that's it, Randy, give your thoughts on the return of Dragon 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 Dragon. So good they named him so many times. Dragon Dragon is back. Oh. Dragon Dragon just got a fo- just gave a phone call to Randy. Oh no, that's a weird attack there from somebody else. I'll just blame it on Tidor Conglomerate. There's a reason I wasn't on the first segment as well. But um Hey, I, I, I swear no, it wasn't them. It was the people that took down Facebook on uh, Tuesday for about 20 minutes and then put it back up in sheer politeness or something. Facebook back, but um, <laughs> uh, this should be interesting seeing the return of Dragon Dragon and his very dragon based offense. Yes. See Dragon Dragon bust out a Dragon Rana, although I don't think we'll be seeing it happening ever, if at all, but nonetheless, Dragon Dragon with the victory. Although I will say there was a Dragon Rana on the show. Yay. We'll get to that later on. Yes. Uh, now this is where I'm going to have to kind of finish my review, but I can do a part review of this one, because as Dragon Dragon was celebrating his victory, all of a sudden, this mysterious mask guy comes in, and uh, pretty much gores uh, Dragon Dragon. 
except for some reason Bryce was saying, Boar! 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 Methinks this is the proletarian bear of Moldova. Sorry, the proletarian boar of Moldova. Holy shit. I actually saw it. And he actually looked pretty cool. I swear it was Alberto del Rio. Meets Rhino, I don't know. But, uh... Yeah. And then he, in turn, had, like, a piece of paper, and it was an impromptu match with Matt Seidel taking on the newly debuting Mr. Azerbaijan, who apparently was Azerbaijan's sexiest male in 1997. Azerbaijan's sexiest male in 19... No, 1996, 97, 98, 99, there was no contest, apparently, due to a minor's uprising. He was sexiest male in Azerbaijan in 2000, 2001, 2002, all the way through to the recently announced 2013. And I think they called him the the Baku boy, I think it was, wasn't it? I don't remember. <laughs> sexy Baku boy or something. Yeah, but, that's uh, Yeah, Mr. Azerbaijan got in, introduced and then Mike Seidel got introduced and then uh, that's where I have to leave it to... Uh, you, uh, Sandra. Yeah, this was a weird, um, I guess, character to debut. Um, when he came out, he came out with a shield, a small shield, mind you, with the, I think it's the, the, the Turkish flag, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. No, it's the Azerbaijan flag, or it's the Azerbaijan, um, the emblem in the in the red bit of the flag. No, no whatever, I, I don't know that. Anyways, um, Mr. Azerbaijan, whatever the hell his name is, uh, took on uh, Mike Seidel, which is the brother of the current, who is supposedly still injured, Evan Bourne. Um, this was an okay match. Uh, the crowd was pretty much dead during this entire match. Barely no reaction for any of them. Um... Anyways, the finish came with uh, Mr. Mr. Azerbaijan using a schoolboy and pulled the tights uh, for the win. To me, I felt that this match shouldn't shouldn't have been on the show. Um, like it I should said, have been on Chikara. <laughs> it probably should have been on anywhere. Period. Uh, like I said, the crowd was dead throughout the entire match. They pretty much didn't care for either of them. Um, when when the boar when this boar guy came out, I was confused. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Pretty much didn't say anything. Gave a uh, this note to Gavin to saying, "Hey, we're gonna have a match, and here's what's gonna be in the match." So this was much a to me it was somewhat of a waste of time, to me. Uh-huh. Um. Not sure where they're going with this character, but I think he is booked for the upcoming Wrestling is Fun show this weekend. So we'll see what happens. I guess it's some sort of rivalry, I guess, with the Baltic Seas, or eventually turn out to be one like that. I guess. Randy, your thoughts? I'm not liking what I'm hearing from this. It seems like just for lack of a better term, just a bunch of shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> True. And not, not that'll necessarily mine, 
bits of random fuckery, so to say. And odd uh, use of word wording there for me, but regardless, um I know I'm not getting really a good review. I'll have to see it for myself, regardless of the fact, but not the best for that. And it makes you wonder if you if it wasn't good enough for wrestling is fun, which they're not necessarily the minor leagues, so to say, or the minor leagues of Shikara, even if there was Shikara. I think a better word would be to say developmental territory or a territory, but what would be the worst? I don't know, TV or something, but regardless, uh, yeah, it sounds kind of odd. You got this board, then you got Mr. Azerbaijan, the sexiest man in all of Azerbaijan. So we're getting pretty much all like this middle world happening. We got Eastern Europe getting represented. Now we're starting to get into Western, or I believe, excuse me, Eastern Asia as well. So cover all parts of the world. Yes, and wrestling is fun. Maybe they should have another wrestling is called Wrestling is Worldly and just have a whole bunch of foreign <laughs> talent. <laughs> wrestling is worldly. Or wrestling is global. There we go. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Why not? Wrestling is international. Or that. That could be the... Just in case wrestling is intense isn't a good enough yeah. title. <laughs> so, pre- so pretty much we'll call it the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, except with, except with wrestling is international, you don't get Netflix on it. Uh, next up, I believe we had a six-man tag match, didn't we, Sandra? Yes, we did. It was the Baltic Sea of the Latvian Products, the Estonian Thunder Frog, and the Snow Troll uh, to take on the team of Los Ice Creams and Juan Francisco de Coordinado. Um, I thought this was a good uh, six-man tag match. There was uh, your usual comedy spots, which was, which was great in my opinion. Although I thought this match dragged out a bit too long, I thought it could, it would have ended a bit shorter. But uh, I think that was probably due to due to the comedy. But I, I thought it could have been a bit shorter. But it was still a good six man tag match. Um, of course, the the match ended when the Baltic Siege hit a basically a. I don't want to see a. I don't want to say a triple assisted, but somewhat like a teamed ace crusher on one of uh, Los Ice Creams for the win. And uh, the crowd uh, was pretty much behind the Baltic Siege. And of course, uh, before the match, um, JFC wanted nothing to do with Los Ice Creams because he thought he was they were beneath them. And of course, he got a lot of heat from the crowd. Or pretty much they didn't give a fuck about him, even though, or whatever he said. But uh, still a good tag, six-man tag. And they seem to be pushing the Baltic Siege as, like, one of their, I guess, top teams. I guess I want to say that. But they do get a good reaction from the crowd. Well, certainly Baltic Siege seem to be getting momentum in the other wrestling is... Is 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 companies because they've got a few matches coming up in upcoming shows that the wrestling is franchises have, so they're certainly getting a push there, definitely. So 
They probably deserve it because they seem to be a decent group. Whether they could, if 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 King of Trios does still exist in some shape or form, which it probably doesn't. If it does, I could certainly see that could be uh, a potential group for them to go. Randy. The Baltic Seeds, from what I have seen, is an interesting little group. Of course, I was just mentioning before about how we have a contingent of Eastern European-themed wrestlers, and this being it in the Baltic Siege. And uh, they're a nice little group you have here. You have the Estonian Thunderfrog, who has very powerful strength with a hammer that only few can grab. Even Oleg the Usurper could not <laughs> pull up the hammer, as was a fellow wrestler. Was that wrestling is fun? I hope it. I believe so. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's way there's. We've gone over how many wrestling isn't there are or Chikara slash Kaiju kind of ordeals. But um, and you also have uh, one Francisco de Coronado teaming up with fellow Rudos, even though they're not really much Rudos. Never really have been, to be honest. <laughs> In those ice creams. Yeah. Yeah, they've never really been threats. The closest they really were to heels were maybe just kind of odd, which they've always been, so <laughs> there's not really much. On that day, it's just how it is. They're Rudos you love to cheer. I guess. <laughs> Definitely. And then we come to the main event. The banana somehow reconstituted or something on the line after Yakarata. Uh, Yaka taking on the challenger and Marsis. Yes, and as you said, uh, in the, at the last Wrestling is Fun show, when Yaka won the banana from Assailant, uh, he ate the banana. And a lot of people were wondering. Where would the? How will we get a new banana? Basically, and it comes use, up. Sorry, because he can't use the ahead. remains of the banana. No. So I don't think anybody wants a piece of shit as a title. Well, maybe there's been piece of shit titles, but not a literal piece of shit. So I guess get a new banana. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. Um, oh. When J- when Jaka came out, uh, he had a, uh, I guess a uh, a cheetah print uh, towel over his head covering his face, and when he was in the ring, he took the towel off, and it revealed uh, a new banana in his mouth, and I think uh, Leonard F. Jakarson was supposedly hinting that somehow um, Jaka took. The, the banana that he ate and all of a sudden brought it back you know to make it seem like he never ate it at all but anyways um, the match itself um, I thought this was a, a good match here um, of course Amasa got a good reaction from the crowd pretty good back and forth between the two uh, there was a, a part of the match where both guys gave some pretty hard chops to each other and this is a good match, and the finish came when Amasis actually hit a Dragon Rana from the top rope uh, for the three count. 
and becoming the new holder of the Banana Championship. So, yeah, interesting move there, and obviously I'm intrigued to see what comes from that, because they have a show this weekend which we'll be getting to in picks, but it'd be interesting to see if Amasis keeps hold of it, especially considering what we apparently saw back in Chikara's Tag World Grand Prix and seeing the banana possessed by somebody completely different. Um, I do gotta say that from... This sounds pretty interesting seeing Amasis and uh, Jaka. It's always nice to see Amasis back. Well, he's been back, so... <laughs> Really, that's a broken record to say that. But um, also one thing from reading uh, on uh, PW Ponderings about this, or I guess whoever, um, that, um, what was I going to say, the banana has changed hands twice now since, or it's changed hands uh, uh, from touchdown to twice, to twice on its first defense. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so, overall, at least from what I've seen, I have to give it, obviously this is up to, like, the start of match 7, but I did see the build-up. I'd have to give it a, probably a B. It wasn't, it wasn't as great as the Shikara show, from the bit that I saw, but it still had the humour that you'd get, but, you know, it do, it doesn't just... The wrestling is companies don't seem to have enough of a unique identity like Shikara does. The wrestling is, 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 is just seem like a cheap spin-off of Shikara. Which ultimately cheapens the brand. So all the people in the back that decided to uh, kill off Shikara for storyline purposes could be hurting themselves. So. so are you saying like if Shikara's happy days the wrestling is 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 would be Joni loves Chachi, or <laughs> um, I'm trying to uh, so which one would be Laverne and Shirley? Which one would be Mork and Mindy? Which one would be I'm trying to think of all the spinoffs they did have, or a show that had a ton of spinoffs? Happy Days is the one I can think of with two. But regardless, <laughs> I'm trying to think. If you want to do it in James Bond comparison, circa 1967, <laughs> Shikara, Shikara is you only live twice, and the wrestling is, is is a casino royale, and that's the 1967 comedy one, not <laughs> the serious one with Daniel Craig back in '06. Oh. the casino royale comedy one is alright, but it's not brilliant, and if I need to prove to you that Goldfinger is uh, one of the best Bond films that there is, you're a stupid person. Oh, I don't even need a paperclip. Goldfinger's awesome. But, yeah, that's, that's my comparison. Anyway. Woody Allen killing... Now, I haven't seen it, but I have heard of some of the funny hijinks in it with Woody Allen trying to kill people that were... Uh, that were taller than him, <laughs> so he could be the tallest person. 
Yeah. But, uh, Sandra, your thoughts? Uh, Grade-wise, uh, you know, I'm just going to give it a, a solid B. Uh, I thought the show could have been a bit better, but due to the the, ma- the impromptu match with uh, Mike Seidel and Mr. Azerbaijan, or whatever the hell his name is, and I thought some of the matches could have been shorter, um, nothing really, there was nothing, I guess, that was special about it, that, something that just jumped out of the show, like, oh, you gotta see this show, or this match in particular, uh, I'm gonna have to give it a B, if you're a Chikara diehard, I would probably say, if you want to check it out, you could, but I don't think there was anything special about it, so it's up to you, if you're a someone new to the Jakara, uh, there's probably, uh, there might be a, a few better shows than this. Watch so the old Jakara stuff. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, Screw the current wrestling is. Support the old stuff. Tell the people that are booking this shit, basically, you've done it all wrong. Well, they're still selling the DVDs at a smartphone video, so you can still buy the previous year show. And there's your paradox, people. Although I will yeah. say, uh, although I will say, they did have good attendance at the show, which is something that they needed. Certainly, the- for the wrestling is fun. They had a good attendance. Yes, I, I can't. Say- good attendances can continue for the other shows, considering reports have said they haven't been that good. Yeah, and as far as match of the night. Um, you know what? I'm gonna have to say the six man between um, Devastation Corporation and Shane Storm, Jolly Roger, and Lance Steele, uh, simply because of, I guess, of the brawlness that they pretty much went. I guess some parts of the entire building. I guess I enjoy that, so I'd say that match. I'd probably say Jaka and Anamasa comes in second place. Randy, you can't obviously give like a, a review score or anything, but uh, your overall thoughts on what you've heard, anyway. From what I've read and from what I've heard from y'all, it seems like a show that it, it's uh, something that's worth a watch, uh, potentially down the line, but nothing really too major. Nothing really other than well, the I mean, uh, the top title changing hands. Other than that, kind of. Also, like, a lot of things, I kind of I got a vibe from reading it, too, that a lot of things are kind of set up for later stuff down the line. Like, this is more of a setup show than, say, maybe, like, a big blowout show, I guess, so to say. Yeah. So, with that, that is, uh, that's all the review for this week. Uh, next week we have hopefully something special lined up but we'll talk about that more at the end of the show but uh, we're going to go for a break but when we come back picks galore oh my word we've got another whole load of big shows we've got big shows from Ring of Honor we've got big shows from Tommy Dreamer we've got big shows from 2CW basically we've got quite a lot of big shows New Japan wrestling is fun I wasn't going to say all of them. I want people to guess. Well, they shouldn't really guess what they are because if they if they're up to date on our Facebook page, they already know. 
Cheap plug. Facebook.com slash the whole indie show. Yeah, I'm cheap plugging my own. I'm cheap, we're cheap plugging our own Facebook page on our own show. That's not really a cheap plug, is it? Okay, I've lost the. Uh, it's an ECW plug. While I discover where my brain has fallen in the bin, uh, we will take a quick break and we'll see you for the final part of this week's whole indie show. So, see you in a few minutes, guys. <laughs> The SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I want, I, okay, I want, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlockSandlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. Present. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Keith. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Following his Grammy-worthy performance on Raw, WWE Music Group is pleased to bring you Ali Sings the Hits. Sexy boy! Revel and relax as the Punjabi Playboy takes you on a musical journey through the music of yesteryear. Hit me with your best shot. Why not hit me best shot? You don't need money. Don't take fame. Don't need the credit card this train. He may not have won a Grammy, but with this collection, he's sure to win your heart. Every road has a stone. Every cowboy sings sad, sad song. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Sexy it hurts. 
Kali Sings the Hits is not available in stores or anywhere else, including www.shop.com. Sandro, Randy, and Ashley, and it's picks time, and yeah, we've got quite a few cards to run through, I think we'll leave some of the bigger ones till later, uh, but we'll start, we'll actually start off with the one that uh, Chris Kelly, of Running the Ropes, Crelly. is actually attending, Crelly, yeah, yeah. you can call him Crelly. I just called him Chris Kelly because I was being formal. Uh, he is at the FWE Family Wrestling Entertainment Show. Welcome to the Rumble 2 happening this Friday, June 21st in Corona, New York with an 8pm bell time. Uh, I don't know whether there's still any tickets available, but if not, the event is on iPay-Per-View via WWN Live. So we'll start off here with... Uh, well, we know quite a lot, I don't know if it's all of them, but we know quite a lot of the f- participants in the 30-man rumble where they get a future shot at any FWE title. Uh, it features JKO, Akio Yang, Wesley Draven-Turner, Damian Darling, Chris Modetsky, a.k.a. Chris Masters, Alec Reynolds, Bandido Jr., Joey Ace and Jason Gotti of Diamond Incorporated, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, Sam Shields, VSK and EJ Risk from Adrenaline Express, Mike Bennett, Paul London, The Patriot, George Santee, and the infamous, although I don't know why the hell he's bloody infamous, because it's the most stupid gimmick I've ever seen, Stone Cold E.T. Just because it worked for Shark Boy doesn't mean it has to work for Stone Cold E.T., now, just because of the way they've been promoting and pushing the hell out of him, especially on the last eye pay per view, I'm just fearing Stone Cold ET is going to win this one. So I'm just going to say that. And then if he does, you know, I've lost faith in indie wrestling. No, for once, no. I'm not blame Freddy for it. Because he'll actually be there in attendance, probably going to himself, where the hell did I come here for Stone Cold ET? Anyway, Sandra. Uh, so far that's what's been confirmed for the the participants. Uh, I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna say Paul London, and I think uh, he might go for the 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 FWE World Title to see a champion versus champion match. Okay. Randy. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with Chris Masters. Okay. Next up, we've got the Young Bucks in tag action, taking on Tony Nese and Jigsaw. Uh, for this one, I'm probably going to say Jigsaw, because apparently he's going to be in the UK the week after, so I'm being biased. 
And also, I think Tony Nese and Jigsaw, I think, will go over because the Young Bucks are going to be probably busy in the 30-man rumble because they're in that as well. So I'll say Nice and Jigsaw for the win. Yeah, I'm going to go with the New Yorkers here and Nice and Jigsaw. New York versus Cali there in that as well, but yeah. East-West. Jigsaw and Nice. Uh, I'm going to say Tony Nice and Jigsaw as well. Okay, next up, Brian Kendrick versus Petey Williams. Um, for this one, I don't know if it's an upset or not, but I'll actually say Petey Williams for this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Petey Williams on this one myself. Sandra? I'm going to say Brian Kendrick. Okay. Next up, the FWE Triborough Championship match as Paul London defends his title against Akio Yang. Um, I'll say probably Paul London retains this one. Paul London. Uh, for those that don't know, Akio Yang is uh, Jimmy Yang. Formerly um, Wang. Yeah, yes, Jimmy Yang Wang. Uh, horrible. No, Wang, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways. Uh, this Thank God he wasn't called Yank Wang. Um, anyway. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, in this Young match, I think the champion changed. Uh, pick on London to win. Okay. Uh, next up. Some women's action has Maria Canellis and Eva Lee team up to take on Angelina Love and Katerina, formerly, you know, Winter and everything. So I guess Win- Winter and her possessed chick, whatever you want to call it, uh, not that ridiculous storyline, is up against uh, one and a half of Valkyrie and. Um, Still can't get enough of saying it like that, thanks to the botched entrance at Shine. And Maria. So probably expect to see Mike Bennett in Doe, but I think I think for this one the heels actually might go over, so I'll say Angelina and Katrina. Sorry, Katarina. Well, we found the reason why Crowley is coming. <laughs> <laughs> The question is, which one? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I think my boy Don Juan has a thing for release too, which I don't blame him either. Yeah, he does. Shout out to Don. He does. Okay, shout out to Don Juan if he's listening. Haven't heard from his ass in a while, but we know <laughs> you and release. We put everybody on blast for it. Don Juan, we need pictures. Don Juan, we need pictures of proof. Send them in to. <laughs> Whole India, SNSRadioNetwork.com. Bronx, you're going to be next with AJ, but regardless. <laughs> don't, 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 don't worry. Don't worry, everybody else. Don't be scared. My ass is probably going to get put on blast one of these days, too, if, it, if not by myself. But regardless, I, I do find something interesting with this tag match that you have. Angelina and Winter, of course, as Ashley mentioned before, their partnership in TNA. And Maria and Eva Lise, a Diva Search contestant teaming up with a Tough Enough contestant. 
But um, yeah. and then the stunt silence over the crowd. <laughs> that was. Just... Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the reality show. I should say reality show because Viva Search wasn't a reality show in a sense. But um, Maria and Ivelisse for the win. Hashtag total divas. <laughs> Sandra? Uh, I think the problem with this match is that they're, I guess, except for Angelina Love, they're all heels. So, so they kind of, I don't know if that might mess up the match, at least to me, but uh, I'm going to say Maria and Ivelisse goes over. I thought Maria was facing FWA, I can't remember. No, she's not. Okay. Let's confuse everybody by saying they're all heels, but I still... Okay. If, if Angelina love his face, I still think Love and Katrina... Katarina, sorry, will win. But anyway. Uh, next up, a no-DQ match between RVD, Rob Van Dam, and Tommy Dreamer. It's a shame this couldn't happen in WWE. Oh, wait. Um... I'll say Rob Van Dam for the heck of it. Going, of course, actually referring to the famous MSG Intercontinental Hardcore Unification match <laughs> back in <laughs> 2002. Um, I'm going to say, and I believe Van Dam won that one, not that that really has any bearing over a match 11 years ago in a totally different promotion, <laughs> but I'm going to say Dreamer gets the win here. Well, I think um, WWE might have some bearing because we all know who's coming back. That money in the bank, or or as RVD likes to call it, and probably myself, money in the dank. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we go Tommy Dreamer for the win there. Uh, myself, um, simply because he's going back to the WWE, I'm gonna say Rob Van Dam. Okay. Can we see? All all I'm hoping for is Van Dam goes like three feet in the air after taking a Dreamer pile driver. (laughs) (laughs) And the main event, the FWE heavyweight title online, Carlito defending against Joe Jomo, John Morrison, John Hannigan, whatever you want to call him. I think Morrison actually might. Yeah, Morrison will win this one. I think. I think. Oh, Carlito, no. No, actually, Carl, I think Carlito might retain, actually, so. Uh, I'm going to go with Carlito. I think Carlito's going to retain here against the, I believe, debuting Joe, uh, Jomo, or I should say John Hennigan. Since he technically can't really, he really can't be using John Morrison. Yeah. Sandra? Um... You know what? I'm going to say we're going to see a title change, and I'm going to say Jomo's going to win. Oh, okay. Alright, uh... Speaking of Tommy Dreamer, this Saturday, the day after, uh, Tommy Dreamer's going to be having his House of Hardcore show at the National Guard Armory in Philadelphia on 2700 Southampton Road. And thankfully, there is free parking, apparently. Woot. I think tickets are available. You'll have to check houseofhardcore.com for all the details, but 
it's a 7.30 bell time, but there is a meet and greet that starts at 5 o'clock, but you need a ticket to the actual event in order to attend the meet and greet. And due to the fact that last time got pirated, if you remember a thing that we talked about a few months back, this show will only be available apparently to people that go to the live event. And from the five matches that have been announced so far, some pretty interesting matches there, certainly. But I will say that other superstars will be in attendance. Uh, apparently quite a few of the House of Hardcore students are going to be there. You're just going to have Vic Delicious, Hale Collins, Eddie Kingston, Danny Doring, Little Guido, The Sandman, Crowbar, Rosita. Thank... Please tell me Crelly's out the country by then. Uh, Carlito, the Steiner Brothers, and Nature Boy Ric Flair. But of the five matches, uh, we start off with a freeway dance with Tony Ren- Tony Nice, Petey Williams, and Alex Reynolds. I think, I think with this one they could they could actually give it to Alex Reynolds. I'm gonna I'm, that could be seen as an upset, but I think I think Alex might win it. Uh, I'm going to go with Tony Nissan there. Sandra? I'm going to say Petey Williams. <laughs> we'll go with different ones. That's good. <laughs> uh, next up, a tag team rematch. I'm guessing this happened at the uh, first House of Hardcore. Uh, the Young Bucks taking on Kendrick and London. Oh. Uh, I think this is uh, the result here is everybody wins. But if I have to choose one, I think I think the Young Bucks won the first one, so I think this time Kendrick and London will come out on top. Randy? Um, I do not know if this is on the first House of Hardcore show. They might be referring to it being a rematch from the first Kurt Russell reunion that PWG put on back in 2011, which is okay. infamous for uh, RVD, the band that played RVD's TNA theme, Cushionator, playing RVD's theme, uh, uh, plays his entrance during uh, RVD's entrance, which Excalibur later remarked on their next show as the word turns as Cushionator being the worst thing to hit PWG since Teddy Hart. Wow. <laughs> and if you see... Uh, and, what makes it even funnier is if you've seen the appearance Teddy Hart did at PWG, you'll get why that stings even more. <laughs> and, to pretty much explain, and to pretty much explain Teddy Hart's appearance, he's set to have a match against Aaron Aguilera, or I think he was Hardcore Kid at the time, Aaron Aguilera, who would be the guy to play Jesus, and this would be actually the same year. He, he would get signed by the WWE, not before. Supposedly, he was supposed to have a match with Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart shows up. He's like, no, you're not going to have a match with me. You're going to have a match with some friends of mine. And it's two guys from Special K. I think it was lit and deranged. Or doesn't really matter. They The match fucking sucked. <laughs> and then Teddy Hart does like some flips later and then rides off into the sunset, never to be seen again in PWG. And then Jesus and then Eric Aguilera will become Jesus and... Um, a funny thing is, I think Teddy Hart said at one point, like, who the hell are you? <laughs> Damn. But you pick wow. <laughs> Randy, you pick? Oh, yeah. Sorry, my pick, Young Bucks. 
<laughs> you got distracted by Teddy Hart. Damn it, <laughs> Sandro. <laughs> um, I'm going to say London and Kendrick. Okay. Next up in singles competition, MVP versus Sammy Callahan. Which is interesting because obviously where Sammy Callahan's going. So I actually think Callahan might win this one. So I'll say Sammy for the win. Randy. Everybody's gone silent. Randy, you're next. Yours next. Unless, of course, Randy's gold. Repeat that again. MVP versus Sammy Callahan. I'm say Callahan. Okay, Sandra. Sammy Callahan. Uh, next up, Lance Storm versus Tommy Dream. Uh, with Terry Funk in Tommy Dreamer's corner. Uh, for this one, I'll actually. I'll go with Tommy Dreamer because I just think uh, PJ Polacco might turn up. And the. Uh, oh, what were they called? Just Incredible? Yeah, but the tag team, they were. I can't remember the name. Oh, uh, Impact Players. Yeah, the Impact Players could reunite. Possibly. I don't know, but I'll say Tommy Dreamer still gets the win. Randy? Um, a lot quicker on this response now. Um, I almost, I kind of want to go with Dreamer because it'd be in his promotion and all, but <laughs> yeah, fuck it, I'll just do it. Then we'll go Tommy Dreamer. And Sandra? I'm going to say Lance Storm. And finally, the main event, Two Cold Scorpio versus John Morrison. Um, I think they might actually give John Morrison the rub here. But I think it will be a one hell of a match with those two, certainly. <laughs> Sandra, do you want to go now? <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go. Uh, I'm going to say Two Cold Scorpio. And I also want to say this, even though that uh, the people that gain access to the show online, I guess those that will be in attendance at the show, somebody will attempt to pirate that show and spread it out. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's probably one of the problems of him. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what the Condor security is killing me. <laughs> They're just trying to limit what they can. Randy, Randy, save me by giving your pick. I'm going to say Morrison make a lot of appearances with people. You know what? I'm going to say Morrison goes over here against Scorpio. All right. Okay. Oh, still to try and recover. Blimey. <clears throat> no, it's still there. Uh, next, we'll actually jump <clears throat> to the next show which combines all the three sort of together. And that's 2CW special, An Evening with Mr. Monday Night, on Monday, June 24th, at the American Legion Post in Binghamton, New York. Uh, with, uh, well, I don't know whether we can do uh, picks for most of these. 
But you've got Studley Steve McKenzie versus Peter Deorder. Uh, that one I'll just say, uh, stu- I'll say Steve McKenzie. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say Peter, Peter Order. I'll go with, um, yeah, I'll go with Studley Steve McKenzie. Okay. Next up, Zachary Springate the third versus Eric Mahoney Timmons, aka EMT. I think Spring, just because he's British and because I didn't pick him last time, which was completely the wrong move. Zachary Springate the third. Andy. Okay. Um. Let me see. I'll go with um, what is it, Zach, um, Zachary Springate the third. Yeah. Okay. Is that, Sound. I said that right. So, I'm gonna say EMT. Next up, Slick Wagner Brown versus Loca Vida. I think just because they're trying to give an unbeaten run for a bit in the company, Slick Wagner Brown. As I try to refrain from making a reference, I totally shouldn't, and Sandra will know who in particular <laughs> I'm referring to. But uh, yeah, I know better not be Biggie Langston. No, it, 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 you, no, you'll know who no, it is, no, no, no. You'll know who it is, Ashley, but you won't know the history behind it. And from what uh, Jason uh, will, Jason knows exactly what I'm talking about too, especially because he's the one who told me about. <laughs> The craziness that happened. Regardless, I will say Slick Rag, uh, excuse me, Slick Wagner Brown. So don't hate, appreciate with that pick. Sandra. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Slick Wagner Brown as well. Next up, uh, Milan X with Ben Hameen taking on the Supercop Dick Justice. Uh, again, because they seem to be building him up as Ben Hameen's sort of. Uh, Personal, just kind of like you know, Umaga had uh, Armando. I've got a feeling Milan X is going to get the win here. Let's say Milan X too. Yeah, I'm saying Milan X as well. Next up, Colin Delaney versus Cheech. I'm guessing that isn't actually Cheech from Cheech and Chong. No, from Cheech and oh. Cloudy. Okay. Yeah. Also an ROH too. Actually everywhere. CZW, ROH. He's been everywhere then. Pretty much. It's just because he's because he's only known by the name Cheech. I was just thinking, you know. Yeah. Just to be on the safe side, I was just clarifying it. Um. I actually think Cheech might get this one just for a change. So I'll say Cheech. I'm going to go, I want to say Cheech, but I'm going to go with Colin Delaney. Uh, simply because he's getting over with the fans, I'm going to say Colin Delaney. Uh, next up for the 2CW heavyweight title, a pure wrestling match. Uh, Isis FX defending against Juggernaut Jason Axe. Uh, I think because it's a pure wrestling match, 
it's going to end in a DQ probably, so I suspect he'll keep the belt. I think he'll still keep the belt anyway, win win or lose. Well, I think he'll win it, but if it's a pu- considering I say pure wrestling match, I'm thinking that could be some sort of reason to disqualify somebody for, well, disqualifying Jason for basically being a, I don't know, doing whatever the hell he wants. Brandy? I'm going to say the, but have whatever reason, I don't know if they'll necessarily go to DQ, but I'm going to say ISIS effects will retain. The champ retained. Okay. Uh, for the two CW tag titles, a no hold barred match with a special guest ring of Mikey Metaxas, and it's Punisher Vance Lake and Kevin the Man Graham uh, taking on or defending the title, sorry, against CK. That's Sean Carr and Cage. I think because they've had the belts for so long, I think CK are probably going to get them eventually. So I think CK will get them here. Uh, I'm going to say champs retain here. The champs retain. My thing with that is is because they've had that match pretty much against each other for the past six months looking back at their stuff. Which either means that's the only two tag teams in that they actually give a damn about. Or, I don't know. And the main event, a special attraction, which is so special you'll probably be seeing it on NXT in two months. Rob Van Dam versus Sammy Callahan. Paperclip, not necessary. So, this one, I think I'll say Sammy. I'm going to say Van Damme. I'm going to say Sammy Callahan. Okay. Next up, uh, New Japan and the Dominion show happening this weekend on iPay-Per-View from Osaka. If you are in Japan, you're listening to this. That's pretty amazing. No English. Nah, I should have said that's wrong. <laughs> Although that is kind oh, of quite considering none of us do know Japanese. Although a bit blunt of me to ask it, but <laughs> although if you are listening to Japan, we thank you for listening and hope you can give us send us in emails about all the uh, puriso that goes on in Japan. I'm pretty sure there are some people that speak English in Japan, but yeah, yeah. they listen to the show. <laughs> Whether they listen to the show or not, I don't know. That might be, you know, when we get to a quiet news week, it'll just be send us an email saying where you are in the world. <laughs> then we can do like a big pinpoint map and then plan a world tour, which will never happen, where we visit each person personally. Or something, I don't know. Trust me, I'm not doing that, guys. Uh, So, starting off, we've got Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask taking on Takamishinoko and Tai Chi. Uh, 
Um, I think for this one, I'll go with Taka and Tai Chi. Uh, I'm going to go with Taka and Tai Chi doing it big for Chaos in this match. Well, actually, they're with the uh, Suzuki gun, but I'm going oh, with Taka and Tai Chi. Why the fuck did I say they were in Chaos? I should have known better. Yeah, they, there you go. Representing for, excuse me, representing for Suzuki Gun, and of course I picked the stable that they're currently feuding with. So. Sandor? You already gave her a pick. Oh, sorry. I was losing track. Uh, next up, uh, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles on the line. Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov defending against Kushida and Alex Shelley. Uh, I think Romero and Kozlov will retain. I would like to see Time Splitters get it back, but then again, they would be ping-ponging the junior heavyweight tag titles, which I don't see that necessarily happening, so I'm going to go with Forever Hooligans with the victory here. Uh, these belts have been going back and forth for way too many times. Uh, I'm going to say the champ retains. Okay, next up, the uh, yeah, six-man tag as Yuji Nagata, Ryosuke Taguchi, and Captain New Japan take on Carl Anderson, Hamatonga, and Bad Luck Farley. So this is the Bullet Club taking on, I guess, Team New Japan or whatever. The people he pissed off. Um, Sandra, do you want to give your pick first? I'm going to go with the Bullet Club of Carl Anderson, Tamatanga, and King Fale, who, or Bad Luck Fale, excuse me, who was pretty much their version of Diesel circa 1993. <laughs> Except people. Yeah, I think. I'll agree with you, and I think I'll go with Bullet Club. So, Randy? Bullet Club for the win. Okay. Next, the IWGP tag titles on the line. In a three-way match, as Horiyoshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima defend against the former champs Lance Archer and David Boy Smith and Toru Yano and Takashi Azuka. I think for this one, the champs will retain because we don't want too many titles changing hands each every show. These titles haven't really changed too much. It's just they've had, I think, kind of the same problem so much with the junior heavyweight tag titles in that it's been the same two teams replaced Tenkozy and uh, uh, KES with Forever Hooligans and Time Splitters. Although now you're starting to get chaos involved in it with um, uh, uh, Yano and Izuka. But I still think that even though it would be better suited on chaos, in this case, or back to Killer Elite Squad, I'm going to say Tenkozy uh, retain the belts here. Um, you know what? I'm going to say the champ retain. Okay, next up, the NWA World Heavyweight title on the line. Rob Conway versus Manabu Nakanishi. 
I think Conway will probably retain in this one, but I've got a feeling if this NWA invasion thing is going to keep going on, somebody from New Japan is probably going to win that belt down the line, but I don't think it's just yet. So I'll say Conway to retain. Rob Conway. Yeah, I'm going to say Ron Conway as well, although I will say uh, Nakanishi is probably a good challenger for the belt. So, But I wouldn't be surprised if he somehow gets the belt. Okay, next. Uh, interesting tag team match. Shinsuke Nakamura and Tomohiro Ishii taking on Minoru Suzuki and Shelton Benjamin. Uh... I think for this one, I'll actually go, considering there's no belt on the line or anything, I'll go with Suzuki and Benjamin. I'm going to go Suzuki and Benjamin. Um, I'm going to say Nakamura and Ishii. Next up, the return match for... Tetsuya Naito, I'm guessing he's probably been out injured, so it's his return match taking on Yajiro Takahashi. Uh, considering normally in Japan return matches have the guy returning go over, I think they won't buck the trend, and I think uh, Naito will win here. I believe that Naito's been out since October, because it was going back to when they were just barely starting out the iPay-per-views. Him and Takahashi had a match. It was either September or October, I believe, because Takahashi had a title shot not too long afterwards against Tanahashi. Um, of course, uh, Yujiro, uh, uh, Yujiro and Naito, of course, former tag partners in No Limit, who some of you might be familiar with with their very brief appearances in TNA. Just kind of a shame, especially for Naito. Uh, Naito's coming back, who's a guy that New Japan was really pushing up until he suffered this injury here. And uh, I should say many thought, or at least I know I believed, and possibly Sandro too, that that Naito was next in line for the IWGP junior, uh, excuse me, IWGP heavyweight title, which is held by Okada. And who knows, Naito might still be the guy, but which is why I'm going to say Tetsuya Naito for the win here. Yeah, I'm going to say Naito is going to win, and I will say he will be next in line for the IWGP title at the next show. Okay, next up, a special singles match. Hiroki Goto taking on Katsuyori Shibata. Um, I think Shibata will win this one. Sandra? Uh, I'm going to say Shibata's going to win. Randy? Okay. That might not have heard me. From, uh, that, I'm going to say uh, Shibata. Okay. Penultimate match. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Prince Devitt. Hashtag Bullet Club. Prince Devitt wins. De- Devitt's the man. Uh, Prince Devitt's going to win. <laughs> Yeah, Prince Devitt's going to win. Um, 
for the IWGP heavyweight title. Kazuchika Okada take on Toby, Togi Makabe. I think Okada will retain this one. Okada. Raymaker retains. Uh-huh. Okay. Next up, wrestling is fun. Have got a show at Eastern Pennsylvania at the uh, Charles Schrin Community Center of uh, Palmer on 4100 Green Pond Road, Eastern Pennsylvania. Doors open at 6.30 for a 7 p.m. bell time. As ever with all wrestling is, is, is slash Shikara. Children under 12 get a ticket absolutely free with a paying adult. Uh, eight matches here. Starting off with Mr. Touchdown Mark Angelicetti against a debuting Shenron. Uh, debuting in wrestling is fun, but those of you who have seen Shikara stuff, he actually debuted on, I think it was the second show out of the May shows that they did in the early Georgia May. Show. Yeah, the Georgia show where he got the upset victory over Chuck Taylor. I think that will continue here and Shenron will get the win. This Shenron kid is pretty interesting. I was thinking when I first heard about Shenron that they were talking about uh, Tanlong, or I think there have been like a super Shenlong before, but of course the name now is Shenron, and um, although he, uh, he he was very impressive in his match against Chuck Taylor, he had a nice little, I don't know really how to describe it and the announcers were really in awe over it. He did like a it was like a corkscrew lion salt, but I think it was the way he did it was very I forgot what it was. I think he like, you remember exactly Sandra, why it was like I think it was the way he spun or was something like that but it was very interesting looking to say the least. <laughs> Uh, I haven't gotten the chance to see the that show. I need to catch all of my Chikara shows. Oh, okay. You'll, you'll see uh, what I, I mean. I there's it, you know. near the end. I there's like I guess it's finisher. Oh. It sounds intriguing. I will say that. Uh, as far as this match goes, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mr. Touchdown. Okay. Next up, the Baltic Siege versus the Bravado Brothers. Just because they apparently seem to like losing, I'm going to go with the Baltic Siege. Because the Bravados haven't been very successful in recent months in uh, Shikara-related promotions. Um, I was just thinking about going with the Bravado Brothers, but I'm going to um, go with the Baltic Siege here. Well, since this isn't Chikara, this is wrestling. Is is is? I'm gonna, and it's a new start, so I'm gonna say the Bravado Brothers. Next up, Oleg the Usurper versus Blind Rage. Uh, just because I think Bacabella is actually gonna be there, Oleg will probably win this one. I'm gonna go with Blind Rage. I would say Oleg, but I'm going to say Blind Rage. Next up, Fire Ant versus Max Smashmaster. 
Which, you know, this is true David versus Goliath. Uh, somehow I think Firehand is going to get the upset victory. And will win. I want to say that, but I think in, it goes to Max Smash Master. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say Smash Master wins. Okay, next. Lost Ice Creams versus Jolly Roger and Lance Steel. Night Eye for the Pirate Guy. Uh, I think this time we'll actually go for Lost Ice Creams. Uh, I'm going to go Night Eye for the Pirate Guy, and hopefully we see a wench with him that Jason will know exactly what I'm talking about when I bring this up. Or a certain wench who happens to bro or well, well, she's not with Black Adam anymore, but... Oh, well, that gets what we all talk about. Chris Rivera. <laughs> it, better not, it better not be Crowley. <laughs> oh, no. Just at, all I'm going to say is, and Jason will know, just ask Jason about Jolly Roger and Chris Rivera. That's all I'm going to say. Ah, uh, okay. That's all I'm uh, going to say. Behind the curtain. Behind the curtain. Yes, yes, yes. We're that's, going not even a paper clip. that's not even a paper clip. That's a bill hook around the back of the curtain. We're, we're going total divas well, here. They're, they're going to pull the curtain more than we do by the time they get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra? Well, I just want to get on this topic for a bit. Um, Randy, didn't you tell me that uh, Christy was going out, with, was supposedly married with somebody? That's heading well, somewhere? He, they aren't married now, but. Um, but they she used was, to be. Mm-hmm, at one point, she was married to Sammy Callahan. Which, which make which when you think about it, uh, Sammy Callahan went from Chrissy Rivera, who's only about four eleven, probably maybe less, to Jessica Havoc, who's a full foot taller, a foot and a few inches. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's no proof of that except us. We uh, pre- <laughs> we profess the truth. Well. <laughs> Um, I, we aren't the only ones that have been saying Callahan and Havoc. <laughs> I don't. It's worth mentioning now because I completely forgot. Apparently, Jessica Havoc is going to be at the 2CW show. Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah, I can see that on the website. Yeah, I guess he probably going to be her and Terry Bomb. So, Sandro, Lost Ice Cream versus Jolly Roger and Lamp Steel. Who wins? Is it Jessica Havoc? No. <laughs> I'm going to be biased, and I'm going to say Los Ice Cream. Okay. Next up, Shane Storm versus Yaka. Uh, just because I like his mask, Shane Storm. And also because Yaka is just a rip-off of Taz. <laughs> if Taz... Or he, he's a rip-off of the Taz Maniac. Yeah, old school there you Taz. Go. Uh, but regardless of that, I'm going to go with Yaka over the unionized traffic crossing worker <laughs> in Shane Storm. Uh, I'm going to say Shane Storm, and after the match, Yaka's going to go insane. He's going to attempt to kill him or something. Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> Next up, uh, Ultramantis Black and Frightmare. Uh, 
of the Spectral Envoy taking on Mr. Azerbaijan and the proletariat boar of Moldova. It isn't proletarian, it's proletariat. I have been corrected. So, uh, I think just because they are giving him a bit of momentum, I think uh, Team Balkan... Team Balkan win, or whatever you, whatever we're calling them. So it'd be the Baltic Siege against the Balkan Siege. It's the Baltic Siege Extreme Force. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I swear, so does that mean we're going to have the leader of the Balkan Siege be Slovodan the Little Pig? I don't know. Yes, I, I, I don't even know if Azerbaijan and Moldova are Baltic. Uh, they might uh, be Balkans, yeah, but I don't know if Baltic Bal- and Balkan is the, the same. Balkan, yeah, the Balkan siege. Oh, no, that's the Slobodan Milosevic reference probably went over a lot of people's heads. <laughs> this is just, as long as the, just as long as the siege don't drop the C at the end of their name, because then people will just go for an Indian curry. <laughs> Baltis! Yay! Anyway. Um, Spectral Envoy no, and... Uh, I'm going to say the Envoy. I, I don't think I've said it yet. I'm going to say the Envoy. Yeah, the Envoy win. And then with a banana on the line, a mass is defending against Juan Francisco de Coronado. Just because I don't want the banana to change hands again and that beco- you know become as, as useless as a $2 steak in McDonald's. Uh, I'll say a masses retains. Um, I'm gonna say a masses retains too. Pretty much for the majority of those same reasons, if not all of them. They say all. Actually, might be all of them, but <laughs> a masses. Well, first off, uh, before you made your pick, actually, I thought you was gonna go. You were gonna make another comment, but. Anyways, um, I would say JFC, but uh, I think you're right in which we don't want to see the banana be in exchange too many times. So I'm going to say Amas is retained. You can't say Amas is versus Alberto Del Rio because, you know, it's, it's all Ophidian's fault. Well, or... it's ADR, well, it's ADR's cousin, you know. Emo Montenegro or whoever his brother's name. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Do you think Juan Francisco de Coronado's got a cousin called Kevin? He might have one called Eddie. No. Take out the letter J Take out the letter J and put in a letter K. <laughs> <laughs> obligatory, obligatory Tiger Woods joke. I got it. And that's the last time you ever hear that. <laughs> you so we're gonna have joke. a tiger just running. So we're just gonna have a tiger running through where we're running through our. Well, we already had a tiger on the bloody yeah. interspecies wrestling and all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna have Damn some it. some random nondescript hot Swedish woman just run at him with a golf ball. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, I use nondescript, but just... 
Stop talking about the girl from ABBA like that. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, <laughs> Ring of Honor this Saturday, their best in the world show from Baltimore, Maryland at the Du Burns Arena, 1301 South Elwood Avenue. I don't know whether tickets are still available. You'll have to check on Ring of Honor's website. Uh, matches start off with BJ Whitmer taking on the prodigy Mike Bennett with Maria. Um, just because I think he might actually be going to the WWE if the rumors are true, I think they actually might give Mike Bennett the win, and then he's just like, "Yeah, I, yeah, I beat you know, I beat it, and I beat her off as well." Or something, something weird and crude, because I expect Bennett to be like that. Also, he'll be wearing pink pants, which is always cool. Oh, let me see my goodness. I'm going to say BJ Whitmer. Okay. Uh, next up in a tag team attraction, the American Wolves, David Richards and Eddie Edwards take on Adrenaline Rush, ACH and Tadarius Thomas. I think, just because they seem to be really do-angling them for a tag team push, I think Adrenaline Rush will win it. I want to say Adrenaline Rush so badly, but I think it's going to be the American Wolves. Although, they're going to have another great effort in this as they've always had. ACH, more than um, especially, but not not to to say that Tadarius Thomas doesn't have something on him, too. It's just this show has a thing for ACH. Yes, yeah, mainly that. (laughs) Thomas is nice. I do like some of the stuff he does, but yeah, you already know what you're getting into. But yeah, even weirdly with that, I'm still going American Wolves. <laughs> Today, Thomas is like a hobnob. Oh no, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna make a comparison to chocolate hobnob, but then I think people might think that was racist, so I'll take that back. Or like the handshake that Bobby Fish gave to Darius Thomas in their one-on-one match back in, I think it was Milwaukee. Very racial overtones of the handshake he was doing. Bobby Fish wow. a little too much about it. Yeah. Well, Bobby Fish is an awesome heel. If we don't <laughs> like with the glasses and shit and everything, we'll we'll get into Bobby Fish more when we get into tech. <laughs> but uh, Sandra, I would say uh, ACH's team, but I'm going to say the American Wolves. Okay. Next up, a special challenge match, Unbreakable Michael Elgin against, well, returning to pay-per-view, certainly, Tommaso Ciampa. I think Ciampa might get the rub here, in kind of a surprise. And I guess an upset, even though they're built roughly the same. Um, damn. I'm, I'm going to go with... Um, Oh, I want to bring up... Eh, nah, we don't need to bring that up. Uh, or was it brought up already about Elgin and who he's about to get married to? Oh, well, that's it. I don't know if that's... Uh... We don't have to bring it up. I was just asking. <laughs> if you Did he just say that? Ah, if, you... uh, if he does, he'll be causing a lot of mischief. Um, anyway, 
<laughs> and that wasn't pa- me this paper, time. Paperclip Facebook. Paperclip Facebook. <laughs> Damn it, Ashley. You, I, I got to give you that one. That was something I would have done, but you pulled it off there. Um, I'm just going to go Michael Elgin. Quick, where's the fish hook? <laughs> well, Sandro. Well, unless you know Spanish, you might get the paperclip. But anyways. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Tommaso Ciampa. Next up, a return match from the Honor in the Heart of Texas event that they had. It's Roderick Strong versus Adam Cole. Uh, all I know is, uh, I really hope there's PWG fans there that just say, suck his dick, suck his dick. <laughs> From, oh, what, which, which, which PWG one was that? DDT4. Yeah, DDT4. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll actually say Adam Cole for this one. Because this is obviously the first pay-per-view since he re-signed with Ring of Honor. Put that and the fact that Strong would over in honor in honor in the heart of Texas. Um, I'm going Adam Cole, especially that the heel turn is com- it's coming. <laughs> he and, and he, it's coming. He's already being called the Panama City Playboy. Just bring in BAM and <laughs> you'll see what you'll see why you'll see what happened in CZW a couple years back. He held the junior heavyweight title for a year. Uh, well, over a year, shit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Adam Cole. Next up, a grudge match, Kevin Steen versus Matt Hardy. Um, I honestly think Kevin Steen's probably going to win this one. Because it's the only one where there's nothing substantial going on. Really. I think people may try and interfere on Hardy's behalf, but I think Steen will win. Because Steen is basically Ring of Honor's best hope now. And this is the guy that wanted, you know, wanted Cornette to suffer back in the day, so. It's weird that the guy who 12 months ago was like the anti Ring of Honor is now so pro Ring of Honor. Compared to the uh, the scum group, so I'll say Steen to win. One thing that I have noticed with Steen that there is a bit of genuineness more than I've seen it with say other wrestlers after they were exiled from their group. Like, and Sandra will definitely get this. Like, remember when Alex Shelley was kicked out of Generation X and they had the whole storyline about him looking for friends since pretty much Alex Shelley pissed off everybody he could when he was the leader of Generation Next. <laughs> and then he ended up saying, fuck it, I'm enjoying the embassy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember That's that. pretty much what happened. Because, uh-huh. well, and, uh, I, could, I could get into that for another time why that might not have worked out as well as it probably could have. But um, with Steen ever since Cornette was gone more than ever, which I don't know or you've seen really Steen kind of be more towards Ring of Honor, which makes it more like he seemed to be pissed at Cornette, which I don't know, maybe they'll play that part up. But yeah, Steen has now become ROH's last 
Taven possibly from a scum takeover. And although I would like to see Steen win, even if it even we're probably going to see Steen Hardy again, regardless of who wins. I think Hardy wins, so you have Steen chasing for it a little more. Or even if not that hard, he's going to win because he, of course, has a little title shot coming up the next day. So we'll go with that. And speaking of Matt Hardy, have y'all seen the promo that he put out <laughs> talking about how he's going to take over ROH? Considering it's following up from that amazing bullying promo that he did last time. I think Matt Hardy had better teach some of the guys in the back how to do promos, because, wow, he's damn good at them. Yeah, like, I'm really impressed with a lot of the stuff Matt Hardy's doing, because his promos are, there's always a little something to it. Like, with, of course, the anti-bullying one, he had the whole Bob Dylan thing, or, well, more recently, what it's probably what he's probably uh, making reference to was that video about, I think, the boy getting bullied and using the cards and then having uh, live for the moment, a piano version of live for the moment playing in the background. And with this one, there was a lot of kind of visual stuff that he added to, like him. Like, there's a part where he's like, he didn't mind getting his hands dirty, then it cuts to him, like, uh, cuts to him um, putting his hands in, like, some dirt and then talk about how he has all the money and the Playboy Playmates, and it's him, like, in a bunch like a bed full of money and then Rebby Sky around there, her rolling around with no clothes on for those of you wanting to know. Well, not that it really, eh, this way I said it's funny, but yeah. And that's like, why she hasn't been in shine for so long. <laughs> She's been busy filming <laughs> that, yeah. But it's a very, but it's a very well done video. It almost feels like a WWE promo in a way, like how it's done. It's just like the cutaways he does to certain stuff. Very, I'm very impressed with what Matt Hardy's doing with promos. <laughs> well, apparently this is what Ring of Honor does now since they refuse to give any interview to anybody. Mm. Is that? Hint, Ring of Honor. Hint. Big fucking hint. Well, uh, there could be a way around that. That might hit a little too deep. I won't prod into that issue, so... <laughs> We'll move on. Remember <laughs> yeah, so uh, you made your pick? We need, we need Crelly and his connections with Maria. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's Sunday on right now. Well, Crelly's on right now at the moment. That's a recording, so maybe we could ask him. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, he's busy in New York watching what the hell is on American television. Well, he's too afraid to go out at this hour, so he's probably going to be <laughs> stuck in this hotel room throughout the entire time. Anyways, um, as far as this match, yeah, I'm going to say Matt Hardy simply because he does have the title match coming up at the TV tapings the next day. Um, I haven't seen that uh, new video promo that he put out, but I've, I've heard it's pretty good. Uh, I, I did saw the picture of uh, him and uh, Revy Sky uh, laying on the, I guess, a lot of cash. Yeah. What I was referring to. And it was I, Monopoly money. And and I saw the somebody put out a meme that says, uh, you mad IWC? Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, because of the time, guys, we better wind this up relatively quickly. So, uh, Sandra, you pick. 
I, I give a pick. I said my Hardy. I'm sorry. I got distracted by you talking about Ruby. Damn it. Um, next up, uh, Triple Threat World ta- oh, World TV title. Sorry, first. Uh, Matt Taven with Truth Martini and hopefully some uh, Hoopla Hotties taking on Jimmy Jacobs and Jay Lethal. Um, I think for this one... Uh, yeah, I think this could be start of the scum takeover. So, uh, Jimmy Jacobs wins. Um, I'm gonna get on to say Jimmy Jacobs here too. Oh no, scum will necessarily take all the belts. Actually, I'm gonna say they won't. Don't get it, and we'll get to that later. But Jimmy Jacobs victory. To reiterate. Sandra? Uh, I'm going to say the champ retains, probably due to Truth Martini and, you know, the Hoopla Girls. Whoever it may be. Where's Vader Scott when you need her? <laughs> um, next up, Triple Threat. Next up, Triple Threat. World Tag Team Titles match as well. As Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly take on Scum, which is going to be Red Titus and Cliff Compton, and taking on Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. I think for this one, they actually, just as a huge swerve, they actually give it to Coleman and Alexander. Should have done that at final battle. <laughs> <laughs> we predicted that, <laughs> but um, I'm gonna say uh, this is uh, going back to what I was just talking about. I'm gonna say re- uh, Redragon um, retains. Um, I'm gonna say the chance retain. Okay. And then the main event for the Ring of Honor World title, brother versus brother, Jay Briscoe defending against Mark Briscoe. I honestly think this could be like uh this could be a case where uh, I'm going to say Jay retains, but I think if they wanted to, they could tease like a breakup if if they wanted to. Or, of course, it could just end in a DQ because Scum get involved. Unless, of course, they add a stipulation that it's an ODQ. Should be a bit crazy for the Briscoe brothers. I fear it could be the end of the tag team. And they're going to go their separate ways. But, uh, I think Briscoe, I think Jay, I shouldn't say Briscoe, I think Jay will retain. Um, yeah, I don't see Mark getting the belt. Although it would be interesting if it did pass by. Although I know we, it, it does seem kind of slightly hypocritical of us, or I think in this case maybe me to say I don't have a problem with Mark Briscoe winning it, even though we were just talking about how we didn't want to see title belts change <laughs> like that so quickly. Although in Ring of Honor. Uh, I don't know. 
don't really want to, regardless, I would still say Jay Briscoe is going to go over in this one. But it would be interesting to see uh, both brothers in yeah. the belts. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest, and none of the matches on this show really intrigue me to watch this show in general. Um, this match, I, I don't really care for it. So I'm going to say Jay Briscoe wins, but I'm going to say that I'm going to say something crazy here. I'm going to say Jay, uh, not Jay, Mark Briscoe is going to turn on his brother and he's going to join Scum. Boom. Wow. Uh, matches confirmed already for the TV tapings the day after. We won't give picks on. We'll, I think we'll just give general thought. Uh, there's going to be a Women of Honor grudge match as Vader Scott takes on Mischief. Do you think Vader will win? Because, you know, it's Vader Scott. Grudge match with Tommaso Ciampa taking on two QT Marshall with R.D. Evans. That guy looks familiar. Uh, and no, he's not George Clooney. Matt Taven will apparently be taking on diehard Eddie Edwards. Oh, yeah, Although it, I can um, clearly see that change. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because Eddie Edwards beat Matt Taven in a proving ground match back in San Antonio. Uh, Ring of Honor World title match, Matt Hardy defending against J.O. Mark. I think that's where Hardy will probably win it. More than likely. And the main event, apparently, is going to be Steel Cage Warfare as Team Ring of Honor as uh, B.J. Whitmer, J. Lethal, Michael Elgin, and whichever Briscoe doesn't have the world title, taking on Rhino, Cliff Compton, Rhett Titus, and Jimmy Jacobs of Scum. And what's the stipulation for this one? Uh, I, uh, I can't remember, Sandra. The stipulation is if Scum wins, then Steve Carino gets Nigel's uh, his position in Ring of Honor, and if Team Ring of Honor wins, then Scum is disbanded. Okay, I think we I think we can order a pick for that. <laughs> My word. That's off, that's kind of so oh obvious it like stands out like a thumb. Uh Scum will probably win that. More than likely. Yeah, I see Scum. Even if Hardy isn't uh is it victorious? Which I don't think that's going to happen. I pretty much see Hardy winning. The scum is taking over some way, either fully with every belt or, or still on a major basis by booking the matches. I'm just really looking forward to uh, Night of Hoopla in a few weeks. Oh yeah. Not for the not for the obvious reason. Apparently the it will also see the in ring debut of Cheeseburger. <laughs> that might be interesting considering some of the exploits that Cheeseburger has gotten himself into over exactly. <laughs> since <laughs> since Charlie Haas started bully to him. I wanna know why does he call himself Cheeseburger? I mean seriously, who would call themselves Cheeseburger as a wrestler? Something tells me it's an act. Probably because he weighs in. Probably because he weighs in uh, one eighty nine and one quarter pounds. Uh, 
just missing the cheese, hadn't I? Anyways, as far as the, the cage match, yeah, I pretty much say Scope wins and, you know, try to control or destroy Ring of Honor and, you know, and all that stuff. And I think I should mention this that I, I forgot to mention this about a week ago that uh, Jimmy Rave is no longer with Ring of Honor. He's done with them. Okay. Which, yet again, he's there and he's gone, sadly. In uh-huh. this case, it was not due to uh, uh, drugs. No, they just parted the ways. The seizure. Well, I, I should say it was because of the seizure. He was released, but I, he did just recently have the seizure. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that, that's all for this week's show. Uh, make sure that you check out all the other shows here on the SS Radio Network. Tuesdays at 9 Eastern, you have the return of Unplugged with uh, Jeff and Bronx. Then Thursdays, as long as they can get it out live, uh, running the ropes with Crelly and Mav. Fridays, the open book with Sean and myself, uh, I believe this week uh, is being cancelled due to the fact that I won't be there because I need to prep for the game expo that I'm going to. And also, uh, Sean got called into work to run a little later, so um, I have to uh, call that off for this week, but we should be back as usual next week. Uh live shows as well, you've got Sunday Night Showdown for WWE and TNA pay-per-views, next one coming up will be the Money in the Bank show in mid-July with the return of RVD Uh, podcast wise apart from us you've got running the the ropes if it is one or if it isn't a live show you've got the Elite Force Podcast, the Midweek Edition with Chuck W, and the Weekend Edition with Walkie and Mindwipe. Uh, you've got Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman, and also uh, possibly the Hard Way with Adam and the guys if they're uh, recording. <clears throat> if they they should be able to record, but uh, if not, check out some of the archive episodes. To hear the British, the the full, the full British opinion, Not without any dodgy American people on the line. Oh wait, did I say that? Yes, he did. <laughs> the Bobby Heenan of the whole industry. <laughs> He's either third man. No, uh, I think I think that's everything covered. Uh, check out the Facebook page as well. Search Whole Indie Show. If you want to email us with your thoughts, and if you want to email us saying where you are in the world and where you're listening from, and like, not as a one-off, like, you know, I'm on holiday in the Seychelles. It's like where you actually live and where you're emailing from. If you want to do that, you can do. Just send a message to Holindy, T-H-O-L-E-I-N-D-Y, that's how it's spelled anyway, at snsradionetwork.com. That's Holindy at snsradionetwork.com. So, uh, any final thoughts, Randy, before we head off for this week? Um, yeah, I was going to say this probably for the close, the little kind of fast little statement I make, but I'll just say it here. 
I don't know because I'm not really going to post it on any social media thing, so I'll just put it here. But rest in peace to James Gandolfini, of course, Tony Soprano, among other things. I was, I, I always plays a lot of mob guys in movies too. Like, and he was in True Romance, beating the shit out of Patricia Arquette. He was also in The Mexican with Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts, where it's like, oh, see, Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts star together in a movie, yet they're only in the movie like ten minutes together. And um, another movie that just came out about a year or so ago called Killing, uh, Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt. Really good movie, that one, too. And, that's, and I just saw that about a month or so ago, and now he's passed away. Sad news. Very non-wrestling related, but something I wanted to bring up because I probably want you to bring it up anywhere else due to everybody. Yeah. Why hear my opinion? Well, I might as well do it because you do that anyway. So everyone's <laughs> listening so. There you go. So big up to Tony Soprano. Rest in peace, Gandolfini. We will miss you. Uh, Sandra? Um, another week, another show. Uh, I definitely advise everyone to check out the recent, uh, I guess, video promo for from one uh, Allison Kay uh which she came, which she recently put out uh, about Tuesday, which was pretty good promo in my opinion. Definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah, he would say that. <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, wow, that's it. I didn't know. I didn't know. I just. <laughs> that's I mean, your cue. I think that Awkward silence, yeah. That was, that, that was my key. What was it in? E-flat. Um, oh, I don't know. Anyway, yes, certainly Gandolfini. I was going to mention at the end, mainly because it's going to tie into the song of the night. Uh, kind of a gangster kind of thing, but a tribute to his stuff in The Sopranos and all the other like crime lord stuff that he's done and the various appearances that he's... Uh, done, uh, it's going to be Dean Martin's Ain't That a Kick in the Head. Because it, uh, it's that kind of thing. But uh, Yeah, we bought that life. <laughs> yeah. With that being said, this was Randy, Sandro and Ashley. And all of that was your weekly slice of indie goodness. We'll see you next week with hopefully something special lined up. Uh, if you want to know what it is, keep an eye on the TWIS Facebook page. But, yeah, with that, have a good night, everyone. Free AK-47. Any start. Wow. Bada bing, bada boom. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back. Like the sailor said, quote, ain't that a hole in a boat? My head keeps spinning. I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just to be. My life is gonna be 
beautiful I've sunshine enough to spread It's just like the fella said Tell me quick Ain't love a kick In the head Like the fella once said Ain't that a kick in the head The sailor said, quote, ain't that a hole in a boat? My head keeps spinning. I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just the beginning, my life is gonna be beautiful. She's telling me we'll be wet. She's picked out a king-size bed. I couldn't feel any better or I'd be sick Tell me quick Boy, ain't love a kick Tell me quick Ain't love a kick In the head I'm so wrong 